Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Dave, and I had a great time at Momocon this past weekend. I didn't know if I would or not, because, as I mentioned, there's not a ton down there that's my thing, but I did. It was awesome. I can't wait to talk about it, but that'll be next week on the Needless Things podcast with our pal Mike Gordon, who was also down there, but down there the whole weekend. And we're going to share our perspective on this uh, convention. It's not a new convention, but this convention that is uh, certainly new to me and what we think of it and how it differs from other events that we've attended. But that will be next week. This week, we're going deep into the maw with our pals Chad and Ryan. We are going to be talking about Solo a Star Wars story, the newest installment in the franchise that uh, shaped many of our lives. And it's a good, good conversation that couldn't have happened with any three other people. Uh, we just had a great time talking, went went late into the night analyzing every little bit of Solo, talking about all the uh, different Easter eggs and call-outs and references and spoiling the heck out of it. So if you haven't seen Solo yet, stop what you're doing, because we're about to ruin the movie that just hit theaters last week. That was terrible, but uh, that's what I do here. I do dumb things sometimes and just leave them in, because I really don't want to have to record another intro. Okay, so anyway... Uh, what else is going on? Oh, toy collectors. Every once in a while, I'll throw a little tip out for you guys. Uh, if you missed out on any of the sort of latter-day releases of the Masters of the Universe Classics line or the DC Universe Classics line, including the Superpower stuff from MattyCollector.com, uh, hit up your local GameStop because yesterday we went to the GameStop that's sort of considered the the half and half store i can't remember exactly what their term for it was i've talked to one of the guys about it uh but but they have some stores that they've converted to be uh about half video games and half collectibles it's like a, a think geek GameStop combo and they had a bunch of masters of the universe stuff i i snagged uh marlena marlena is that right oh my gosh it's been so long since i've looked at the figure packaging like i i saw it in the store and i was like oh i know bo needs that and i grabbed it and i don't even remember the the queen the the double figure that she's uh an astronaut or a queen and i got two of them when she came out uh and bo has always been very jealous of that and she cost a fortune now because she was a comic-con exclusive and they had her sitting right there in gamestop so i grabbed one so now bo brown will have both the astronaut and the queen on his shelf just like i do uh it's very important that we keep Bo Brown caught up on all the Masters of the Universe releases because that's his thing. That's his thing, guys. Uh, I got for myself a Tuscador who is gigantic and ridiculous and who you can see on my Instagram if you're following me as Phantom Turbomurker. Uh And I also picked up Laser Light Skeletor 
and Laser Lord He-Man. I believe that's correct. I've already tossed the packaging for these because you know how I do. Uh, but they're great. You know, uh, if you look at them online, just pictures of them, they look a little goofy. Uh, which, understandably, yes, that is a selling point for me a lot of times. Uh, but they just look a little plain, not that interesting. But in person, the light features work so well and look so cool. And they really are like they're different enough to be worth it. He-Man has a great head sculpt. Skeletor looks like an alien, which, I mean, you know, technically I don't usually like. But it's such a different, weird Skeletor that I'm down with it. Uh, these are great figures. It's a great set. I'm, I'm super stoked that I got it. And then I also picked up oh here we go here we go dc fans i'm gonna give it a try here on the podcast i picked up from the superpowers collection mr mixes pitlick oh, i think that's right uh, who was he, he's basically he has three points of articulation he has cut joints at his shoulders and his head's on a ball joint and that is it he he is in his traditional cross-legged position uh, he doesn't come with a, a base to make him float or anything because this is Matty Collector we're talking about. Uh, but he he's great. He looks awesome, and I got him for fifteen bucks. And and he was I want to say he he was like the sign up exclusive figure. So I'm stoked to have him uh, added to my DC Universe Classics shelf. Good finds, good finds. So if there's stuff that you missed that's from the end of the collection, check out your local GameStop. Uh, your local ThinkGeek might also have some stuff, so it'd be worth uh, stopping by there too if you've got a brick-and-mortar ThinkGeek near you. Uh, ours is out at the Mall of Georgia. And there you go. There are some toy tips, cool new toys that you can find in stores. Uh, we talk, so uh, today's episode. Chad J. Shonk and head of research Ryan Schweck got on Skype with me to talk about Solo, but we also discussed to open the show, uh, I feel like I have now an ongoing narrative with Star Wars toys because things are changing for me in the way I collect them. And, and look, you, you may be like, why is he talking about Star Wars toys uh, here at the beginning of the show like this? But you got to understand, I've been collecting Star Wars toys for essentially 40 years now and it's a big deal when there's a, a shift in the way that I collect uh, so I'll talk about that a little bit and, and also nobody's asking themselves why I'm talking about this if you're listening to this show uh, you probably have a pretty good idea of what goes down uh, goes down here so anyway I think that's all the intro stuff I've got to talk about right now uh, I'm going to miss this weekend if you're in Atlanta the, our pals, the Casket Creatures, are having their big Atlanta CD release party for Return to Wolfton, which I will say again is an absolutely incredible album. I played it for uh, Phantom Jr. the other day. We, we pl listened to it a couple times through. Uh, he digs the heck out of it, was inventing some car dances to go along with the songs, and then uh, played it for Mrs. Troublemaker uh, yesterday while we were in the car and she was thoroughly impressed. And, and believe you me, it, it takes a lot to thoroughly impress that lady. So, there, yes, there are friends, but this album is badass. And if you're in Atlanta, uh, you should get out to that CD release party because it's going to be awesome. I can't make it because I have to work because that's what I do. Uh, my day job, uh, every time I see something online, I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. 
uh, I'd like to do that. That would be fun. And then my day job grabs me by the throat and says, uh, not so fast, fucko. You don't get to have any fun. So I won't be there, but you guys should go uh, if you're there. And I, I don't remember where it is right now. Uh, it might be at Sweetwater, but anyway, you, you guys know how to use the internet. Uh, look up Casket Creatures. If you Google Casket Creatures Atlanta CD Release Party, uh, you'll you'll get this weekend's event. And, and you may get uh, stuff from like five years ago from other CD release parties. But yeah, you, you know how to sort through that stuff. Yeah, put, a, put a 2018 in there. You'll find it, right? Right. Uh, and if you can't make it to that CD release party, you should still get online and get yourself a copy of Return to Wolfton uh, because it is legit badass rock and roll that I love. I have listened to quite a few. T- Matter of fact, and, and this is purely honest, uh, I believe I've listened to that album more times now than any album I've bought in at least the last two years, I think. Because, you know, when you were a kid... You'd buy an album and you'd just leave it in the CD, well, the tape deck or the CD player or the Walkman or whatever the case may be. You just leave it in there for like weeks and just listen to it over and over and over again. And I just don't do that anymore. But with this one, uh, it stayed in because uh, I had the CD first and and stayed in the dash for a while. And now it's on my flash drive and it's in the rotation. So anyway, I love that album. Uh, you guys should check it out. And now. You should check out me, Chad, and Head of Research Ryan talking about Solo, a spoiling Solo, a Star Wars story. It is time for the all-stars of the Needless Things Irregulars to talk about Star Wars. And, of course, we are talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't have a big, giant crew together like we did for The Last Jedi, and we are not live and in person. But that is because we could not do this show without our pal from the left coast, Chad J. Shonk. Welcome back via Skype. How are you? I, I'm doing fantastic. I'm tired. I'm running on two hours of sleep uh, and 12 hours of work, but we're going to get through this uh, because I have two of the very best in the business here with me. And, of course, the other of that duo would be our head of research, Ryan Schweck. How are you doing tonight, Ryan? I'm doing great. Strap in, everybody. We're getting extended universe nerdy tonight. We're going deep as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yep. all, all, all three of us uh, are big time i guess rather than extended universe it would be now legends nerds uh just the universe just the universe yeah yeah, really uh, everything although uh chad i think you're much more up well i don't know both of you guys might be pretty well read on the newer stuff um yeah Uh, see i i've i've read a few of the new books didn't sit right with me and I've I've sort of hit a block with those, and there are a couple I've loved. The Leia stuff Cla- I've really enjoyed. Claudia Gray books are great. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's fantastic. And I, I've heard a couple others that I need to check out, but I overall, Catalyst. for Catalyst. me, I have not gotten as sucked into that side of things uh, as I was in, in the old expanded universe. So yeah. it's hard to start over sometimes. 
I really enjoyed reading Last Shot as kind of a primer to get me ready for. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet because life got in the way. I broke my foot and shit. So like, I have a life got in the way of me finishing Last Shot. So I haven't got there, but I will. I will. What what is like? What is Last Shot? Tell us a little bit about. Is that like a prequel to this or something? No, kind of. Yeah, it mentions parts. So like it, you know, without giving away too much of the book away, it follows about what three different. Time, yeah, like timelines. Times. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you follow Han and Lando as they kind of you know are chasing after this MacGuffin, and after, uh, about three years after Return of the Jedi. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in the yeah. current story, because uh, Ben is two, so and he's mm-hmm. conceived on Endor, so it's about three years. And who, then who uh, wrote it? Uh, I don't have it with me. I'm not well, sure. Oh, okay. That's totally, totally blank on it. It's Star new, Wars guy. It's a new. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a new name to the. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a. It's a new name to the. To the. Uh, Daniel Jose Older. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know that name at all. Uh, and I will say, I I got about. I think I got three chapters into Phasma and had to drop out. But I have heard that the audiobook version is far superior. So I might give that one a shot. I'm sorry. Who? What character is that? <laughs> that would be Phasma. I've I've heard of this character, but I have yet to see tale of her being anything interesting. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, so anyway, we're going to talk about Solo. Uh, before we get deep, deep, deep into Han himself, I want to talk a little bit about the toys because yeah. a few weeks ago on Needless Things, I put up a post kind of with where I'm at with Star Wars toys right now. Uh, to, to quickly recap, I was not going to get into the Black Series because, to me, a Star Wars toy line has to have vehicles. However, I never imagined that the smaller scale uh, toys would essentially abandon quality vehicles. So yeah. I, I'm stuck with the three and three quarter inch not representing the characters from the movies very well at all. Uh, and the six inch not having uh, vehicles, except of course for the upcoming upcoming uh, Infus Nest with a swoop, which we're we're getting a, a legit oh really a legit wow. in canon swoop bike, uh, and I I love the old swoop toy from uh, Shadows of the Empire, yeah yeah, but these these in the movie looked fantastic, and I'm super stoked, and uh, I, I still cannot consider myself all in on the six inch black series, but. I've gotten to a point where I've kind of realized if I want the characters from the movies, that's where I'm going to have to go. Yeah. Well, and they've adopted that facial printing that Marvel Legends has been using, <clears throat> and now it's moving over to Star Wars more and more. It, it looks and the a new whole ins- lot better on Star Wars than it does on Marvel Legends. It does sometimes. Yeah. It, like that. Uh, Legends. That that new Thor from Infinity War is rough, but the the Lando is gorgeous. Um, the Ur- Tarkin looks unreal. Urban Erlenbergen looks really, really good. Uh, and really, even though he doesn't use the same type of scan, uh, the that Target exclusive Chewbacca is oh, amazing. He's great. Uh, that's one of my. That was probably my favorite Chewbacca figure. He looks incredible. Uh, so anyway, See, that's. Not, I'm not really a toy collector. Yeah, but the only thing I do buy are the six inch Black Series, and only selectively. Yes, and. Um, 
I'm upset because I had a chance to buy a Kira and I didn't because I didn't think I'd want one. Now I want one. Um, and now she's like $35. Uh, she'll be um, around. They're, they're not going to have another race situation. She just happened to be in the second wave. Is that what happened? Yeah, because yeah, I can't find a Kira yeah. for like a decent price. And she, I'm like, now I kind of want one. Yeah, she Because I kind of want to. Because I'm waiting for the Kira comic or movie or something at some point. She um, hasn't even hit mass market yet. So uh, yeah. don't, don't sweat it. You'll see tons but of I her. Picked up, I picked up Young Han. I picked up Young Lando. Um, and they look cool. I, I regret not collecting these longer because I have old Force Awakens Han and I have young Han, but I don't have like classic Han. Well, so. here's here's the thing: is now that they're they're going to have to re-release. Yeah, them. they're going to have to go back and re-release the the cla- the, the older figures because yeah. the the faces are and they don't even go together. Honestly, no. the, okay. the yeah. new ones are so much better. Uh, that they okay. do. so I, I would expect to see some box sets. I would expect to see some updates. Uh, supposedly Bespin Han, which I know I know we discussed this at some point. You know, yeah. but I I prefer Long Jacket Han for some just uh, as a purely as yeah. a remainder of my childhood. But uh, well, and it's Empire, which is you know the best. Yeah. So on. I uh, yeah I I kind of want all the characters from this movie, <laughs> dude. Right? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, and, and that was. I'll kind take of a Woody Harrelson. That's fine. Yeah. Well, they're making him. They're making him. They're making Thandie oh, Newton. Um, oh, okay. And I th- who was that? Uh, Thandie Sorry. Newton Val. Val. No, I, I know. I oh, know. <laughs> I was commenting on how brief her uh, role was. But, which which we'll we'll discuss how yeah. we feel about that too. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think that because Hasbro, if you follow Hasbro Pulse on Instagram, they they tease a lot of stuff, put up a lot of new product images, and they put up a. A picture that was a grid of all of the solo figures we know we're getting, and one blacked out figure. And my hope is that the blacked out figure is. Oh, and by the way, spoilers for those of you uh, who maybe <laughs> haven't seen the movie but decided to watch, to listen to this. Uh, one stop, don't. Yeah, we're we're spoiling the crap out of this movie, so go see fair, it first. The movie needs your money, and I wouldn't it does. say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the go, movie needs your money. Go see the movie. It's very, very good. It's very fun. But, here we go. Spoiler land. My hope is that the one blacked out figure is a Darth Maul. Oh, yeah. Darth Maul. <laughs> Bring back the 90s. With his, ro- with his robo legs. Yeah, that, well, with, I want to talk a, about that. It's one of my favorite things in the movie, and I also think one of the biggest mistakes. Oh, interesting. So okay, well, we'll get there. We'll that. get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's say from your toy perspective, too, Maul is one of the early figures in the Black Series Yes, and goes for a lot of money right now because not a lot of people didn't get him. So I'm glad they're going to do another one of him. Yeah, I would I would love to see Old Man Robo Legs Maul with the, with the Inquisitor Saber. Holy shit. Uh, all right, all right. We got to uh, segue over Ryan. Any other thoughts about the toy line and what they're doing? I really hope that Infus. I hope her mask comes off. It doesn't look like it, but uh, yeah. I'm going to be kind of disappointed if. If, if it anything, doesn't. I think it would have to be an alternate head because I don't yeah, know that you I could fit her something. hair under that mask. Yeah, but those little the little flaps hanging down from her legs look a little awkward. Yeah, they. What figure has those two? That's weird. Uh, one of the Ray figures has those little flaps hanging down, yeah. and they don't hang right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the original Ray, I think, is like that. Has kind of like her 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 scavenger outfit. I that's think. okay. I'm I'm sure they'll do an alternate Infus Nest later on with better soft goods and a removable helmet or whatever. And you'll have yeah. to buy that one too. All right, so all I kind of will. That's the problem. <laughs> exactly. So. To segue into the movie itself, uh, before we discuss the movie, I want to talk about 
how we felt about it going in. Uh, I'll go ahead and just briefly say I thought everything about the movie looked absolutely awesome, but I was not sure about... Oh, gosh, now I want to actually get his name right. Okay, we, let's settle on a pronunciation. A- Aiden Ehrenreich? Is it Alden? Alden. Alden Ehrenreich. Right. Okay, so Alden Ehrenreich. Let's just call him Alden. Let's just Alden. Call him Alden. Let's say Alden. Uh, yep. Alden, even though I loved him in... Uh, oh, shoot. Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. And, and in Hail Caesar, saw the, the spark of what could be a great Han Solo prior to seeing this movie... I really wasn't sure because in the trailers, uh, what they used of him in the trailers didn't do much to impress. Uh, however, and I think I told both of you guys this, I felt like within 20 minutes of seeing him on screen, uh, nobody would care how much he looked or acted like Harrison Ford, that we would be into it and that he would be he would be fun. And, as long as he wasn't awful. Yes, he would be fun and he would be a good Han. Uh, but everything else about the movie just absolutely tickled every fancy I had for a Han Solo movie. So I, I, despite myself, I was very, very excited about this movie. Uh, Ryan, how are you feeling going into it? Uh, I was kind of mixed. I think the voice threw me off a lot in that first preview, and I just couldn't make that fit with Harrison Ford, and I probably honestly was trying too hard, even in the first ten minutes of the movie, kind of reconciling the two together. But once I let that go, I enjoyed it much more. Um, I think, obviously, all the troubles that the production have, the fact they weren't showing trailers, like, all of it just led to this sense of, this may not be very good. (laughs) But, I mean, that second trailer was so good, like, I obviously was excited to see it. Chad, what about you? I think I'm on record probably on this very podcast three, four years ago saying I didn't think this movie should happen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then, but simply because of that, because of living in the shadow of a unique movie star. Um, Harrison Ford is on the level of a Cary Grant, a Catherine Hepper, and a Tom Cruise. Like, it, it, There's never going to be another one. And so you can't go into this movie comparing the two because it's just literally not fair. No one can be Harrison Ford. And so it's not fair. So I... I but... It's a Star Wars movie, so I'm gonna want to want to see it. And so, as footage came out, the first trailer, I was like, "Oh, okay." And then, uh, like Ryan said, the second trailer a lot better. I did something I normally don't do, uh, or haven't done with the last few films, is I actually watched some of the TV spots, and I watched, I follow Star Wars on Instagram, and yeah. I actually watched some of the little clips they put up with sound to acclimate myself to the idea that this was going to be Han. Like, I wanted to go into the movie already okay with it, right? Because I didn't think it was going to be fair to the film. Um, again, just like you said, the the, the, the production problems. Um, Ron Howard is a filmmaker of uh, great competence, but he never rises above the material put in front of him. Um, you know, his best films are the best scripts that he has. Right. And he doesn't... He's only as good as the material you give him. He doesn't elevate in a way that a Spielberg can or Scorsese or one of the greats can. He just, he's a worker, right? He's a workman. He does the job put in front of him. So to me, all the weight was going to be on the uh, Kazan and son, right? And, um, uh, so, but I, but against my better judgment, yeah, I got psyched. I, I got, <laughs> against my better judgment, I got excited. Like, and funny enough, the line that did it for me is not in the movie. Oh, really? What was that? There's a moment in the second trailer where 
Han and Chewie are in the Falcon, and Chewie growls something, and Han says, yeah, what do you know? Yeah, yeah. But the way he does it, but he turns away, like, towards the console in such a Han Solo move. It was exactly, like, it was the moment where I was, like, fucking Han right there. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny to me, like, it wasn't in the movie. But that was the moment where I was like, oh, I can kind of see it. And then the moment that got me super psyched was threefold. It was hearing Lando yell Han. Yes. Then flipping Han a blaster. And then Han grabbing the blaster and putting up in a fucking classic Han Solo pose. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's what I want. You got me. I'm done. I'm ready. Let's and you're go. right. Those those were signs of, oh, they know what we want. Yes. Yes. Like, they 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 get it. They they want to please us. They're, they're, pe- yes. they're, they're peacocking right now. <laughs> they, they knew there were doubts. And, and, sure. and you're right. Them not showing trailers till like very close to the thing uh, was was scary, and also I think probably ended up being slightly damaging to them. Um, yeah. It 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 the secrecy around it, the fact that it, it sounds like Ron Howard seventy percent of this movie at least is what Ron Howard shot, not what Lord and Taylor shot. Well, what's funny um, to me, Lord and Miller shot. And, and you know, I'm glad you brought up Lord and Miller because I, I completely glossed over them uh, early early on. I was not happy about this at all because as much as I love the Lego movie, I had not seen anything from Lord and Miller to suggest that they were going to fit into what I think of. And and I'll say up front here for anybody listening, uh, you got to understand when I watch Star Wars movies, I'm coming at them from my personal perspective of what I think Star Wars should be. Uh, and there's no way around that because I'm me. Uh and I didn't see hey, any Hey, can way. I say something real quick? Can yes, I say absolutely. Something real fast? Absolutely. Hi, Dave. <laughs> Hi, Chad. I've never done that before in the podcast. Go <laughs> All right. Yeah, you got the name yep. out. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I think even last time you might have even called me Phantom, uh, even though it I was, was after. I was so mad on the last <laughs> Jedi podcast the whole time. I forgot to call you Dave. <laughs> um, so I did not see Lord and Miller producing a Star Wars movie that I was going to like. So right. I was maybe one of the few people that was delighted to find out. And look, those guys aren't hurting for work. When we talk about them being fired from this job, uh, this is not the end of their Hollywood career. Uh, no, so, and we're not reveling in their pain. No, they're, no, they're not at all. And I, look, I'm honestly bummed out for them because I'm sure they wanted to make a Star Wars movie as much as anybody else did. And I'm sure yeah. it was embarrassing and painful yes. For them to lose this, but yes. at the same time, uh, I didn't see them fitting. And when I heard they were gone and that they were bringing on Ron Howard, who, as you said, is uh, he is competent and he he rises to but not above the material he's given. And I felt like with what we've seen thus far from Kathleen Kennedy, she has a vision. Uh, Sometimes I think she has a little more faith in some creators than she does in others, but she took a strong hand in Rogue One, and I was very pleased with the result. And so I felt kind of here like, well, we've already seen one time where they had massive creative shakeups during a movie, and it turned out to be... You know, I don't know what the original would have been, but the f- finished product I was very, very happy with. 
It is interesting that the two films with the most troubled production productions are my two favorites of the Disney films. So yes, I, I am on board yeah. with you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it's also interesting that they're the two films that come from the era that is closest to our hearts. That's true, but it's also probably the era that's closest to the filmmakers' hearts as well. Yeah, know? it's a little so, easier to get a tone when you know what the tone is. I mean, Gary Witta, who you know wrote the early drafts of Rogue One and kind of shaped the sculpt of it. I mean, he writes on Rebels. He's he's yeah. a nerd, you know. <laughs> like he, he he he's writing from the point of view of a fan, you know, just having a, a good time in a, in, a, in in his favorite toy box, you know. So, so I think we've covered kind of how we felt going in. Yeah, uh, I was now, excited, but was ready to be disappointed. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, I, re- you know, I was excited, but I really didn't know. I, I thought it was entirely possible because uh, I, I have been disappointed uh, a few times lately, yeah. and I, I was ready to have another one that I was going to have to, to, to an extent, write off, and, and that's not what happened at all. So let's talk about the movie itself. And my first yeah. comment, my first note that I have here is fine with the dice. Uh, yep. they fleshed out because the dice were sort of an odd part of Last Jedi uh, but I didn't uh, people that got worked up about them I was like hey, well, whatever who cares it's it's a thing they're using it's it as a strike from a one yeah. shot in a new hope right? yeah it's it's yeah. fine I have no problem with it and I actually dug that they they retroactively gave all of that more substance in a way that to me didn't feel particularly heavy handed in this movie uh, and no. you know they had the benefit of knowing that those dice were going to be an important element in, yeah. in what was chronologically a future story. But at the same, but it, it worked for me. I dug it. It was fine. Are you guys okay with the, the little dice narrative in this thing? Yeah, I I definitely agree. And it makes that scene where Luke gives them to Leia as kind of his goodbye too. Kind of mirrors where Han and Kara gave him back and forth. Yeah, it adds a lot more weight to the dice, which makes him a little more yeah. interesting. And yeah, makes no, I mean that movie worth a shit. And it comes from a. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's 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 not get, let's not go down that hole. Um, I I think that that what it did also was. I mean, it the dice didn't come from nowhere. Yes. right. They they are from the original film. There are dice hanging in the Falcon in a couple of shots. Right. Um, in the cockpit. They didn't make it up out of whole cloth. They were always considered a little tiny little Easter egg that no one gave a shit about. And what a lot of these movies are doing, kind of like the empty chair next to Tarkin in the Death Star, is finding little tiny things in the original movies and retconning them and backtracking them, right? So it's like, why would Han have a pair of dice hanging up on the Falcon? They were never... I do but, like they seem to be being careful about it because the prequels yes. tried that stuff too, and yes. we all know how that ended up. Yeah, no, they're um, finding just just little things, right? Little things yeah. to kind of help you explain the character a little more. And um, yeah, well, no, I I thought it was cute. Um, they're uh, they're little were, things that twenty years from now are going to feel like a narrative flow. Right. Yes, or even do now. I mean, if I you mean, watch, they do now. If you, if, you, but, if you watch them chronologically now, the dice will feel a lot more organic, right? Yeah, when you absolutely. Get all Jedi, but, you'll go like, "Oh, look, Han's dice." But over the course yeah. of time, as new generations yes. view these movies, yes. they're just going to be part of the big story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, and they are. And I, I, I thought it was a completely fine through line. It didn't put. They didn't put too much import on it. 
Um, there were, you know, there was never a scene where he was like dropped his dice and was trying to find them. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He, or, he never, or, or dove never referred to verbally. Dove back through a closing door to grab his dice. Right. Yeah, Indiana Jones style. Like, <laughs> right. They're never actually referred to verbally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all visual. They're only a visual symbol that is, you know, that he hangs up in the rearview mirror of the of the speeder, and then he gives her, and then she gives back to him, and then he hangs up in the Falcon. No one ever mentions them. He doesn't call them his lucky dice. He doesn't say what they mean to him. They could have been his dad's. We we have no idea what they are. We have, as far as story wise, we don't know where they came from. You know, there was no there's no backstory of like, yeah, you know, I was playing in a poker. You know, I was playing craps out back, and these were my like. Like, there's no backstory to them. Yeah, they're just they're there, just, they're which just is there. And so, I like that there's no monologue about them, which is very Star Wars. Yes, Star no, it Wars is. Like, is a lot of really cool set dressing that nobody has to pick up and explain. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have to explain it. Yeah, you it, mentioned it Han's there. dad uh, real quick. Yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to talk about uh, there. Yeah. There are two things that I'm sure one or both of you can reconcile. Uh, mm-hmm. Early in the movie, we find out where Solo comes from. Uh, I, I've, I have no yeah. problem with that. I don't care. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, I had a little problem with it only because it means they speak Italian in space, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, though? I can... That's fine. Basic can incorporate as many Terran languages as it wants to. It sure. It, just, yeah. it was just kind of um, funny to me. It was like, Han Solo. I'm like, what, did you take Italian in college? He <laughs> <laughs> took like, it at the Imperial Community College. Yeah. yeah. It's like, in your Solo face. means alone in Star Wars world, too? Like, come sure, on. Yeah. Why not? That was, it was a little, but it was fine. It was fine. Uh, so we get that. But then later on, he talks about his father who worked in the shipbuilding yards and yeah. he wanted to be a pilot. Yeah. What is? Uh, it's just interesting to me that initially he's nobody from nowhere, and I guess maybe he's just telling the Imperial that. What do you get? What did you guys make of those two things? Well, he also followed up with the fact that he didn't get along with his dad. So, you know, he's because he said, you know, and I, I thought that was actually really touching that the idea that Han's dad was a blue collar worker, that his dad built ships, which would be part of Han's fascination with them growing up. As opposed um, to being secret royalty. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, but he doesn't say anything nice about him. Right, right. right. And I mean, him and Lando share the moment about really not liking their dads because Star Wars. And so, you know, you can't have a good dad in a Star Wars movie. Well, the, and that like, story... That's why Jesse L. Martin will never be in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> um, that, uh, that, you... that story did kind of, like, I... That got me a little closer to the solo character. Uh, that yeah, no, I, that respect that he had yeah. for his dad, and and obvious, um, you know, it wasn't he was a rotten bastard. It was no, know, but he, they didn't get along, right? Exactly, and, and that. And I, I think when when Han tells the officer, "I don't have any people," part one, yeah, he doesn't want to tell him his real name, right? Because he's he's. He's on the run already, right? You know, he, he and, and at the same time, he doesn't have people still. I mean, the, the implication is his parents are probably long gone. Yes, right. He's a street rat. I mean, there's no, you know, I want to get into the depiction of Corellia because that's one thing that varies wildly from the depiction in the comics. Yeah, or in the expanded universe, but also but, varies wild, uh, wildly from anything we've seen on the screen. No, I liked it. It's just Corellia was always in the expanded universe was kind of the their analog for Earth. Yeah, you know, it was much closer to Earth. But the um, 
Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I just think, yeah, I think it was, no, he doesn't have people anymore, you know. Um, Although it could have been. Love, love, we, love that we never heard his real last name. Yeah, we don't need to know, ever. That would have been bad. We, that we, been bad. we witnessed the beginning of Han Solo, and that's yes. just fine. We only saw a little tiny bit of Corellia, so that could have just been like the Detroit of Corellia. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been. It could have <laughs> I do like how the new backstory with the parents and the, you know, they're just people that are staying there and you dream of going to being a pilot. It ties him to Luke a lot more yeah. and kind of makes more sense of why he kind of takes a shine to Luke. Oh, because yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, Luke is him years ago. Because Han's just another guy that just wanted to get off this, his shitty homeworld. Yeah. Oh, that's I hadn't even thought of that. That's, that's yeah. really nice. That's a good yeah. connecting point. Well, and a lot of the arc of this movie, and we'll get into it, is the you know, the the guy that we end up with in this movie is not the guy we meet in A New Hope. No, it's no. the guy that it's the guy that's going to become that guy, it's which the, is fine because this, this is the no. That's why I love this is the first step, and what it kind of makes the original trilogy about, uh, for Han's perspective, is him coming back to this guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's him becoming this as Kira tells him in the movie, the good guy that he is. You know, the, the, he becomes he ends up becoming that again, you know, um, after another after decade of being a pirate or whatever. And I, I'm sure you guys will agree, but I, I would be happy to see the stories of any of these characters continue on. Yep. I'm hoping to read about the Kira years between when she left because she dropped some hints in there that are pretty ominous. T- about terrorist. Oh wait. All right, Ryan. No. You gotta. You gotta what? say it. Terrorist. What? Oh, it's uh, what it's Terras Cassie, right? Cassie. I think that's how Cassie? she says it too. Terras Cassie. Yeah, that's when when she said that. That's one of, and I know there were there there have been over the last few years with with Disney Star Wars, there have been tons of awesome, uh, old expanded universe things that have oh, happened. But, but I that got a one list is for this one. <laughs> that one's one of the ones that really grabbed me because that yeah. that is a holy shit, these guys aren't playing around with their references. As a callback to a really shitty video game. 21 well, years you know, ago. <laughs> that yeah. comes up, though, in the novelization of Last Jedi. Oh, does they it? They specifically say that the elite Praetorium Guard are trained in it. Oh, And that's wow. how they fight. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's what, what leads me to, and, and why we have all these kind of in-universe references, is what I've talked about before, what I like that they're doing, at least on some level, especially in these Star Wars stories, I think, is keeping the DNA of the world while telling different stories in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? There's no need to rename... You know, this is the first time... I, I know in um, uh, Force Awakens they mention a Corellian YT freighter, but this is the first time they call it a YT-1300 freighter. Yeah. And Again, they could have changed that. No one would have cared outside of Star Wars nerds, but why change it? They've kept this the DNA. Han refer- Han says he Han doesn't doesn't say his dad built ships. He says he built ships for the CEC, yeah, the Corellian Engineering Corporation, yeah, which mm-hmm. is a complete expanded universe acronym, right? Yep. Well, like, like it's full of it all the way through. Of, and I feel of like too the DNA like, of it while telling different stories. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, we took it from you, but. You know, we're gonna give it back piece by piece, and when it yeah, makes it, sense we're gonna, now, yeah, we're gonna use the stuff that makes sense to build the world. Yeah. We just have different tales that we want to tell or different angles. But you know, if the Imperials 
of course they have a security bureau, so why not call it the ISB? You know, yeah. um, of course there's gonna be crime syndicates. Why not call one of them the Black Sun? And like, I love yeah. the the uh, I don't I don't know the humility is the right word. Maybe it's um, uh, it, it's the egolessness of that act of saying we don't have to come in here and break everything and make our own stuff. We recognize that creators creators came before us and their shit was good. So when we need a a piece from here or from there, we're going to use what came before when it makes sense. I, I, I think there's a tremendous amount of respect. I love the image of Lawrence Kasdan with... Final draft screenwriting software on one screen and Wikipedia. <laughs> and I don't I mean, doubt all, it. All I'll say to finish that is just insert a snide comment about The Last Jedi after what you just said about <laughs> respecting what came before. You know what? You're feeling it. Just feel free to. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've heard them all. I don't disagree with them. I still like the movie. Move on. We will move um, on. We will move on. Actually, what I want to move on so, to. Oh, Ryan, have you got a. Have you well, got a. If we're still on Curlia, can we talk about. Example number one of the incompetence of the Empire. Like, so you're telling me, you get through the gate, and then it's like, all right, he's gone, guys. <laughs> no, they're still looking for him. That's why he, that's why he signs right up. There. But you know what? <laughs> Honestly, though... Open the door and just grab him. He's but, right there. But here's the thing. Uh, it really does kind of make sense to, to what we know of Imperial bureaucracy. I can totally buy that they have this checkpoint established and that they have so much faith in their own infallibility that beyond that checkpoint, they would have nothing in place. That's to, true. Because they would just believe we're the Empire. We have this set, just like the TSA. The TSA, <laughs> eighty. do you know that 80% of simulated terrorist attempts make it through the TSA? <laughs> I totally believe that the Empire... Well, I'm on a plane in three weeks, so thank you very much. <laughs> Good. But, uh, the, well, uh, and you figure, too, uh, the, the Empire's been around out. for, what, seven years at this point, roughly, is what people have kind of figured? It hasn't been too many years, so this is like a new Empire. So, I mean, maybe that guy's like somebody's uncle who just randomly got their job. I think you're thinking about it too much. Uh, in the same yeah. way that the heroes have plot armor, where stormtroopers can't hit them, but they can hit stormtroopers... He has plot camouflage. Yeah. And the fact is, he can just hide in a very obvious place. He can hide in front of a crate. Because he's the hero. That's, That's right. Just, you know, like, like, whenever anyone wants to argue with me about stormtrooper accuracy, I said, if they're shooting at someone without a name, they're real good. Yeah, absolutely. But if they're shooting with someone whose name is in, like, the top ten of the credits... Yeah, they miss. That's just <laughs> just how it works, right? It's Absolutely. like droid. Right? We talked about this. If your droid is a lead character, we'll get into droid. One of my big problems with this movie. Oh, when we uh-oh. get it, when we talk about that, if a droid is one of our lead characters, they are sentient, and when they are not, they're toasters. Which yeah. is yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, because the you just go with it. The R two and three people have a soul. The robot rebellion was really really weird, but we'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get um, there. We'll get. There. What I want to get to next, what is uh, one of you guys, let's, Chad, we'll go with Chad. What's your first note? Jesus Who's clanking? Ryan, are you clanking? That's um, I, my first notes are nitpicks, so I'll skip those for now so we get to nitpicks. Okay, um, okay. My, although, no, I'll go to my first nitpick. The very the title card says, it is a lawless time. 
I don't consider the era of the Empire a lawless time. I mean, unless they specifically mean Corellia, but it doesn't say that. They just say it is a lawless time. And I'm like, that the whole point of the Empire was law and order, but okay. Um, <laughs> That's interesting, know, though. Let's let's stop and look at that for a second, because I, I the phrasing is terrible, but I think the inference is that the the grasp of the Empire on the galaxy has led to... Because the whole thing is about the fringe, the smugglers, the criminal element. Yes. And I yeah. think the point of that line is that the Empire's grasp has led to even more criminal activity. But they just didn't say it very gracefully, because I don't know how you would say that very gracefully. No, I agree. It just it just felt I was like, yeah, the new order. Come on, um, uh, it it was a little bit. I think my first note is in capital letters: VCX one hundred five exclamation points. Um, because when Han goes to when Han's gambling with Lando for the first time, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Han lies and says he has a ship and it's the VCX one hundred, that's the model of the ghost. Yeah, yeah it I, is. I for sure didn't catch that. So that was exciting, and that's when I was like. Huh, all right, the Casting Boys did some research, and um, and 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 that was the moment that gave me. I mean, I was already enjoying it, but it gave me kind of real comfort. Um, it, actually, even earlier on, when they're on court, when they're in Corellia and they're they're running, he says Coronet Spaceport. Yes, yes. Coronet is the capital of Corellia in the books and on the mm-hmm. online role playing game and in comics, but they kept it because why not? But it was still like, oh. Okay, but I think my first real like non like kind of nitpicky nerdy note is just like, all right, I'm on board with this guy, you know, like like it it it. Actually, no, my first note is sorry. The movie, <laughs> did you guys see it in 3D? No, no. Okay, because it is a dark film visually. I have seen and, a lot of that, and I I don't overall I don't want us to to respond to like online comments and stuff. Well, no, I didn't see but it. I, I have seen that a lot, that it was dark, and that was not my experience. Yeah, see, to me, I think the film, it just generally the lighting is just darker, and that doesn't bother me, but I went and saw Spider-Man Homecoming back last time I was in Atlanta, and uh, I saw it in 3D, and the uh, projection at the shitty Snellville Theater I went to, yeah, I'll call you out, uh. One, whichever one it is, is it the up. AMC Classic? No, it's like the Carmichael or whatever one. Well, I, no, I know, what you're, I know which theater you're talking about. It used to be a Carmike. Now it's an right. AMC okay. Classic, which means oh, okay. it's not fancy. All I know is they played a 3D movie where I think they turned the bulb down instead of up. <laughs> and the la- and I the last 20 minutes of Homecoming are a fight on a plane at night. Yeah, and. My brother and I had to take our glasses off to see what was happening. Uh, even though it was blurry, it was still easier to tell what was happening than watching it in the dark. So I, I was curious watching it, like how rough the three, 3D could be on this movie because it's a, it's a darker film. Like it doesn't pop, and that's intentional. But uh, it just felt like if you put that in 3D, like I don't know if you could see it unless you had, you're at the right theater because a lot of theaters don't turn up the brightness when they run a 3d movie that's interesting um, i i specifically didn't see it in 3d because i had read a lot of people talking about how dark it was yeah. um 
And I, I didn't have any issue. I, I thought the beginning on Corellia was very dark, but obviously it was intended to be. Uh, but throughout- well, no, I don't mean it's a bad thing. Sure, I'm sure. Just curious how it translated to 3D is all. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. Uh, Ryan- if people are complaining about that, then then that actually would bear that out. Yeah, I've seen, I've <laughs> my, seen my fears of, of that. So yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll I'll have more later. <laughs> Ryan, what was your first thing? I think the first thing that really like popped out at me, like thinking in the movie was in his first fight with the when he's an infantry soldier in the Empire thinking why couldn't the prequels have been this like can you imagine that scene that kind of war looking star wars scene and then a jedi comes running through with a lightsaber it would have been unbelievable well i my i agree from from a a purely from the way they filmed it perspective but i still and and maybe we'll maybe we'll do a prequels episode at some point in the future uh but like my feeling on the prequels is part of the idea there was to show us just how extravagant and opulent and excessive and rich the everything was how corrupt the old republic had become like it was like this big fat beautiful fruit that was about to just burst and rot So all of the shininess and all of the color and everything in the prequels, personally, this is me, I feel like was very intentional. Oh, it absolutely was. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see that. I'm thinking, like, specifically, like, when the Clone Wars start. Like, I kept thinking of, you know, the one scene when they're on uh, Geonosis Mm -hmm. and the sands all flying around and the way it's shot? If it had been more shot like that, I think we would have seen a lot different movie. Are you talking um, well, the only they, argument I would make against that quickly is that formalistically that doesn't fit into that's the, true. the, the yeah. those films. Like, I mean, uh, it, it can work we, in this movie. We did get that on it Kashyyyk. doesn't have to worry about it. We did get that on Kashyyyk, though. A little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, a little we, bit, but we, not this kind of handheld, you don't know where mm-hmm. you are yeah. type of thing. I was a little off-put, however, in that scene by the Imperial uniforms. They didn't seem very familiar to me. I didn't like. I didn't like they could yeah, take the masks off. That was that That's was not weird. how the empire rolls. Well, you know what? It wouldn't have bothered me if we had ever seen it before, right? But it it did feel, and it looked cool. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there are imperial army that aren't stormtroopers. That is for sure. Well, and you but, know what? Now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, look look at your Adat driver that has basically yes. that helmet and those goggles. It really it does. Uh, you know what? I bet if you sat down and looked through like one of the visual dictionaries or something, you could p- yes. find pieces of all of yeah. that mud trooper garb. But it was also very dark, and they were covered in mud, so it was harder for me to make it out. So the iconography didn't hit me. I, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You know, like I wanted to, you know, like I was like Han's an imperial soldier, like that's but I, crazy. But, but I didn't identify him as that visually. At the same time, I think they wanted to make the point that he was an imperial soldier but he was the bottom of the barrel like he doesn't even rate cuz you got to think about it uh the stormtroopers as much fun as we make of them they are the elite right. of the imperial army there are guys below stormtroopers like that haven't yes, made it no, to stormtrooper yet we yes. just haven't really seen them yeah yeah Which we've is seen them weird. like you know, death star guards death star troopers right right like right that. And it's weird that we haven't seen these guys before, but at the same time, 
when narratively have we seen a situation where these guys would show up? It's true. Not, no, that's true. Not really. Sure. So it, yeah. no, that's, that's true. Because yeah. yeah, we've mostly seen the Empire, at least on land battles, and mostly ceremonial yeah. on the Death Star and trying, all that stuff. When they're trying to show out and be like, "Look oh, at us, okay. we're the Empire bitches." Well, my other question about that scene was: it takes place on Mimbin, which yes. is a pre-established planet. Go, I didn't wait, know what go the, ahead. Tell I didn't us. Know what the, Tell us about Mimbin. I don't know much about Mimbin. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You know I where Mimbin know. comes from, though. Um, oh, it was originally the name of Dagobah? No, no. Mimbin is from Splinter of the Mind's Eye. It's, That's, it, it's yeah, the sorry. Yeah, you're right. planet yeah. that uh, Luke and Leia crash on when they're looking for, what is it, Crystal? The, the Kyber Crystal. Kyber, Kyber Crystal. The Kyber. Yes, yes. yes. In, our, in their old definition of the Kyber Crystal. Exactly, exactly. Because uh, obviously that... that not only is that no longer canon, it was no longer canon by the time Empire Strikes Back came out. No, but that, again, that is so weird as fuck. Uh, but again, there. It, well, and it's also Alan Dean Foster who I love. Um, so that but it was that, also mentioned on the Clone Wars, I think, as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they they did a little tribute to that on the Clone Wars. So it's it's a beloved piece of discarded mythology. Yeah, um, it was so, just weird. I I was unclear as to who they were fighting. Yeah, I, I don't it know was what was the natives. And well, and you know what? Even that though, I think may have been somewhat intentional to give it that sort of like Vietnamese. What are we doing here? Feel because Han even yeah. talks about you know what? Who are we even? What are we even doing here? It sounds like we're the bad guys. Yeah, we're the invaders. Right? Yeah. 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 So I mean, just this very kind of like don't tread on me. I, you know? I, I mean, and, and let's talk real quick. This movie was packed with plot. Like, it does, they yeah. told a lot of story. Brian Michael Bendis would have taken five years to tell this story in a comic book. <laughs> it, it does have a lot of story, and, and, you know, we'll get to it, but one of my critiques of the film is I actually don't think the screenplay is particularly inspired, and that's one of my big knocks. I guess I think it's a fairly formulaic screenplay. Oh, sure, I don't, sure. I don't mean to knock that, but, like, there's nothing that, like, if you took the Star Wars out of it, it would just be an action movie. Like, it didn't... I don't think this like spoilers. If a um, if your mentor tells you don't trust anyone, there right. will be a scene where your mentor says, "I told you not to trust anyone." Yeah, yeah, yeah. for like, sure. Like it's 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 riddled with kind of like well, crime movie cliches, and I think, which is fine. I think from fine. the start we all knew Kira was going to betray him. Like, uh, which granted, it's up in the air whether she really betrayed him or not. But I yeah, think I think she did. Will, I think she did, and she didn't. We'll we'll get we'll get to that. So yeah. let's uh, let's move on to let's move sure. through our notes. So, we, so Mimbin and well, we got to talk of Mimbin because that's okay. where he meets. Yes, Chewy. where he where he meets uh, Beckett and Chewie and Chewie. Well, yes, and Chewie in yeah. it's very it's so funny to me because the the scene with Chewie is you know one it's it's somewhat of a callback to the Rancor scene. But it's also yep. very reminiscent of Ash and the Pit Witch from Army of Darkness. I thought about Evil Dead immediately. Yep. Like or, both uh, of the Army like immediately when he first got dropped in there, I was thinking the Rancor. But then when Chewie started making all the noises that were, it was very effective. But we just we you know it's Chewie. You just know it is. But it was yeah. still if if let's say you took somebody who'd never seen anything of Star Wars, didn't know what was happening, and that scene was very effective at what it was trying to do because it was basically Ash in the Pit Witch. Uh, I, I love well, it. Also, 
But also remember, this is a scene that is not overriding the expanded universe because this is a moment that has never once been dramatized. Right. It's never um, been, it has been laid alluded out. To. Alluded to, but it has never been played out. It has never been... And the illusions have always been a little different. Han was an officer, and Chewie was a slave, and he stood yep. up to a superior officer. That was, I think, some of the original backstory of it. But, but again, it, Lucas was very clear over time that was never to be dramatized. Yes. And... So to have it, to have it, you know, I liked this. I thought it was fine. It wasn't. It also reminded me a little bit of Han and Chewie in the cell at Jabba's. It reminded me, you know, just the idea of like these two guys who are going to be. Although one nit I do have to pick is there's no mention of a life debt. Uh, see, I'm happy they didn't. Yeah, really? I'm okay, okay. I'm okay yeah. with that because how how corny would it have come off if they had been talking and Chewie had gone. Rawr, 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 and Han had been like, life debt? What does that mean? Rawr, 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 rawr. Oh, that the way I'm going to justify like, it is that he actually does say it. He says it to the Wookiees when they're leaving Kessel. That's what Chewie tells oh, the that's Wookiees. that's what Chewie tells the Wookiees. And Kessel. That's, that's fine, but we don't... But I have to go with him. He saved my life. I, don't... I like to think he says, tell Lumpy I'm okay. <laughs> yes. Well, Lumpy's Candace now. Wait, wait he... are you saying all Wookiees know each other? Because that's racist as <laughs> no, fuck. No, Lumpy, Lumpy's canon now, right? Lumpy yeah. is canon. Lumpy yeah. is canon. Random yeah, yeah. dudes on Kessel doesn't mean they know Lumpy. Look, Excuse everybody me. knows Lumpy. Yeah, come sure. on. That's true. Um, <laughs> I will say one thing with Han, too, I was glad that they kind of got rid of. I noticed at first, I was like, oh, he's not going to be the pilot in the Empire. But yeah. then it makes a lot more sense. Because if he'd become the pilot, he would have been probably a little happier and more right, likely right. to stay. So there were some... Definitely smart choices in there. Yeah, instead well, like he's... Did, he he tried, but he got bounced out. And yeah, well, and know. also that goes along with the overarching theme of the movie, and it's very interesting because obviously, you know, he adopts the name Han Solo. The movie is called Solo, but the whole and yes, he has his pal Chewie, but the whole point of this movie is why this guy doesn't doesn't play well with others, doesn't group himself with other people. Like, it's all explaining how he ends up on the path that leads to a new hope. Like, this movie is literally Han learning that he has to shoot first. Yes. Which I loved, movie. by the way. I Which is the whole movie. It's learning that he has to shoot. It reminded me a lot of Casino Royale. Yeah, yeah, for the sure. The Daniel Craig oh, version, yeah. the sure. Allen version. Where, like, at the end, he learns... Fuck it! I can't trust anybody. Yeah. I can't fall in love. Now I'm the hard ass secret agent that everybody knows and loves. Since that movie's an origin story, right? Or knows okay. and is problematic with. Now here's a question: While we're on the Han shoots first thing, okay? Yeah. Does that change him not shooting first in the cantina in the special edition? Man, I does it make more sense now that he doesn't shoot first because he's evolving and we're getting towards all right. He's not evolving yet, though. Anymore. No, I still, I still think he should shoot Greedo first. I know, Again, I I'd like to point this out. You meant that I didn't believe it. Han doesn't shoot first. Han shoots only. That's yes, true. Yes, in the you're original, right, right. only Han fired. But yes, uh, because part of my thesis of the film that we'll get to is the fact that this, the that moment at the end where he shoots him is the beginning yeah. of him becoming that that guy who doesn't give a fuck anymore. Yes, in A New Hope. Um, and so I think he is still that guy at that point, but he learns that lesson. Greedo's got a gun on him, yeah. And they're talking shit, and 
flashback to Beckett has a gun, and Beckett makes one move, and Han goes, nope, bam. Right? I think Let's not give him a chance. No quick draw. Bam. Shoot him before they shoot you. you know? I, I think if, and this likely won't happen, but I think if there were Disney canon edits of the original trilogy to be released, uh, right. that Han, as Chad said, Han would shoot only. They I would think, restore it. I think, yeah. which is very interesting to think about, Disney Han shoots only. Well, it's also funny to have Lawrence Kasdan kind of write a fuck you to his old buddy George. Well, yeah. yeah. But, I, but, you know, at, at I would point, bet money that they're somewhere in those contracts between Lucas and Disney that they can't touch the original trilogy. I, I bet put it in there. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I still think we're going to see the originals eventually. I, I well, I think we'll see that. Yeah. Um, but back to Chewie. I was glad to yeah. see Chewie. We finally get to see Chewie be scary monster Chewie. Like, we've kind of always heard about it, and we've heard threats, yes. what he'll do. Yeah. But you've never really seen what Chewie can do until yeah. He did week. rip a guy's arms off in a deleted scene in Force Awakens. Oh, really? He actually ripped off Unkar Plot's arms in yep. Force Awakens. In oh, my gosh. Because he shows up at Maz's, but they decided that 45 coincidences were too many, so they kept it <laughs> <laughs> and, But in the deleted scenes and in the novelization, I believe there's a scene where, where Han, because remember Chewie's working on the ship, right? he comes in later, Unkar Plot is there, because apparently oh, not only are the, the First Order and the Resistance looking for this stupid little droid, they're looking, he, he's coming too, and Chewie finds him, and he's like, threatens Ray or something, and he just rips his arms off. So I'm sure Unkar, I'm sure Unkar Plutt had a tracer on the Falcon too. I mean, there have got to be like 50 tracers on that thing. No, no, you can't track things through space. So <laughs> they, they have a, um, you can't track things through hyperspace, no matter what Leia says in two different movies and two different things. But... <laughs> They have listen again. I see all the problems with Last Jedi. I just enjoy. It. So, so they they have a like. Um, uh, so they've been dying to actually show Chewie rip someone's arms off. Oh yeah, for years. And again, we never got to see it. Disney are the ones that did it. Yes. <laughs> so anybody yes. who's doubtful about Disney's but, commitment, like like if Disney ends up with all the Fox stuff, don't doubt that we're still going to get filthy Deadpool movies. Because yeah. their interest oh, is making money and entertaining people. Yeah, yeah, no, and they will. So, uh, so we meet Chewie, but then we also meet Beckett and Val, and my second least favorite character in the movie. Oh no! Um, with Rio. Oh, you didn't um, like Rio? Oh yeah, I didn't like Rio either. Here's why I, I liked didn't like Rio, Rio, but I get it. I didn't like Rio for one simple reason. John Favreau's voice is very distinctive. He is not a voice actor, and all it was was fucking John Favreau. Do you want to know? I what's... don't. That was John Favreau. Oh yeah. It's Do you want to know what's funny? That was. My... I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, that's I, right. it, and that's to me. I couldn't see anything but John Favreau. That's what's so funny to me is as soon as Rio's. Well, and you know what though? This actually reinforces your point because as soon as I heard Rio talk, I was like, "Oh, that's right. Somebody played this guy," and I could. I didn't remember that it was John Favreau, but just the fact that it stuck out so much. He's not a voice like, actor, so he didn't create a character like when i watch a marvel movie and we won't get into infinity war cuz i get i get beat with sticks with my opinions of infinity war oh yeah but i don't want to hear it i but but i don't think about bradley cooper when i listen to rocket sure right he doesn't 
occur to me. I certainly don't think of Vin Diesel when I hear I am Groot, but I definitely don't think about about that. But all I could see in my head was John Favreau, and I just thought I didn't mind the character. I didn't mind. I, I did. I just mind. I hated how he talked. I just it, hated how he talked. It didn't it was bother me, me, but you're not wrong. Yeah. So uh, the two characters that I disliked in this movie both bought it early, and I was actually felt oddly disturbingly happy about those. Did you not like <laughs> Val? No, no, not Val. I'm oh. talking about L3. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah. So the characters that I liked the least in the movie both bought it, and I had a sense of satisfaction when both their deaths just made me feel really bad. <laughs> but it was more as a viewer going, oh, God, I don't have to... Thank God Rio's not in this whole fucking movie. Thank God, Rio. <laughs> and you know what? I'm with you on that one, because I I, I, uh, I, liked I liked him... His death. For the time yeah. that he was in it, but you're right. Yeah. If he'd been in the whole movie, he would have been real. He would have, he wouldn't have been Jar Jar, but he, it would have been rough. Ah, see, for me, he reeked of the prequels. <laughs> like I was like, oh no, and I was very uh, glad when I, he died. I don't, I don't disagree with that either. But it didn't. Uh, he just didn't bother me, and I liked. Uh, you know what? Honestly, if they had had a professional voice actor do his voice, he would have been fine. I would have liked him a lot more. Yes. Yeah. Because you're right. It was it was even though I didn't realize it was John Favreau, it definitely came across as this is a cameo. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, and this is just a guy. This is just a guy from New York. Yeah. Like it wasn't you know, I mean it wasn't it, it, I don't know. It 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 was a little distracting to me. Um but uh so we meet Beckett and Val and Rio in the trenches where Beckett is apparently pretending to be an officer, so they can steal a freighter or some kind of cargo ship. I love right? that it was almost a little dash of Kelly's heroes in the middle of this. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, and Woody Harrelson, who was so very Woody Harrelson and yet not a problem. He was one of the people I was worried about. Not because I don't think he's a good actor, because I think he's a very good actor, but because he's such a big personality that I thought he could be distracting. Yes, that's, um, that was uh, we uh, we shared that. Fear, yeah, but yeah, it but I was him. it was his character. I like it worked. For it's me. a perfect Woody Harrelson character. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, I mean, there are there are those great Woody Harrelson performances, like on True Detective or Natural Born Killers, where he kind of becomes someone else, and he's really, really like deep and really good, and he is very good. And then there are those characters that are perfect, you know, just like in Hunger Games, that are just like a perfect Woody Harrelson character. And um, I, I liked Tobias Beckett quite a bit yes. um, as, as Han's surrogate father figure. Um, again, Star Wars. And so um, him having, you know, so, uh, so I liked him quite a bit. Um, and I liked, the, I liked, uh, I did like Val. I had nothing against Val. I liked okay, good, good. Because I love my, Val. My weird thing with Val is, so do y'all, y'all read the Star Wars comics, right? Yes, I do. All of them, She's essentially one. Sana. Like, I couldn't figure out from, like, the commercials. Like, she dresses just like her. She looks just like her. There's a little bit of that, yeah. She is very similar to Sana, and I was like... Well, remember, in the early... Before the movie shot, when they were casting, they were looking for the female lead that ended up going to Amelia Clark. But, originally, a couple of the actresses listed were... um, One of the actresses up for the role was Tessa Thompson. From Uh Thor Ragnarok and Creed. And... There were, everyone immediately went. She's playing Sana. Yeah, and maybe because, I just thought she's black, Sana which, was going to show up. Yeah, and, and and we got enough synergy. I think that was probably maybe too much synergy to ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot as it was, but uh, but yeah, no, she was. But I, I liked her. I don't think uh, you know, as we know, she doesn't last long. So 
um, you know, you don't get a ton of her, but Tandy Newton's a good actor who can do a lot with a little and just make an impression and make you like Is her. Is it just without. Tandy? It's not Thandy. I think it's just Tandy. You're but probably right. That sound that makes that yeah. sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's just Tandy. I but, really I loved her because she was so good at on Westworld. Yeah. Well, oh, no, God. she's great. Yeah, obviously on Westworld. But yeah. no, even in 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 Solo, her character does not want to have anything to do with with Han at first, and no. then even <laughs> though it's a little trite, she hears the story about the girl and she warms yeah. up a little bit. Like it was very. It was it was classic, but because it's her, it was believable, and you went with it, and it worked. In that moment that I thought was funny, when she asked about his motivation, she asked about revenge. Whether the first person, well, who uh, someone says, it, is it revenge? And my first thought was the second Han Solo novel that Brian Daly wrote was Han Solo's Revenge. Yeah, yeah. So I almost it almost felt like a little shout out, like to like early Han, the other. Legends Han Solo adventure is well, like, the is thing it revenge? Is, if if there hadn't been so many other little shout outs like that, yeah. that would seem sort of just like coincidental, but now dude we gotta fly this to the star's end. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. And then Lando when he's doing his video diary with the reference reference to the mind harp was the mind harp of Sheru, is that right? Sheru or the, the thought cave of Thonbaka yeah. or whatever. And like, the giant Jesus crisis titles are terrible. The giant yep. crystal skull that's not a reference to Crystal Skull, it's a reference to one of the Han Solo books. Yep. Yep. Um yep. so many little things that are like yeah, nerds, we, we know. We're one of you. We get it. Here all look at all this stuff we're throwing in here because we know yep. you're gonna giggle and poke each other when you see it. Yeah. yeah. So we well, have even the introduction to uh what's his name? To Tobias. They mentioned he killed Aura Singh. Yes. Uh not in his introduction, but was later. It? Um, was later it later? I can't remember when it was. Yeah, it's Lando. 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 Lando says that. And and he says, Well, I, I push her I pushed her off the cliff. I, I assume she died. Yeah, I think I think the ground did it or gravity. Did yeah, it, yeah. He says, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Again, just throwing in an Arasing reference, just out of nowhere. Because again, if you're going to say that Tobias did something cool, why make up something new? Right. When you've got things built into the DNA of the world already, right? So okay. make it be Arasing. Before we get too much further, I've got to throw this one out here. This is my note number like five or six or something like that. Uh, I wrote down. Not only was Aaron right. Not only was Alden good. He was clearly the dominant force of the movie, even in scenes with Donald Glover, which surprised this. And this is again, this is my personal opinion. But I was very surprised because I figured any scenes that they shared that Glover's right. Lando would be overwhelming, and he was not to me. I have a controversial statement. I think he is no better than anybody else in the movie, Glover. I would agree with that. And I'm a huge fan. I've watched the This Is America video 95 times. I'm a community fan. Atlanta is like the best show on television. But and I think he was very good in the role. But I know people that were like, I'm only going to well, see it because of here's, Donald Glover. Here's the thing, though. To me, Donald Glover, it was actually a testament to his talent that he yep. didn't overwhelm the movie yes. with his Landoness. Or to the script or the edit not allowing him to. Yes. Well, I I think... Uh, yeah, all of that probably plays a part, but I think it's 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 his professionalism, his ability, yeah. because he was fantastic. He was 
He was. He was very good. Over the top, but he wasn't chewing scenery. He wasn't. Every once in a while, he did something with his voice that was very kind of. He made his voice very smarmy, smarmy. Yeah, and it was a little too much. I thought, but um, no, he was very good. I just don't think he was the. Like you're right. I think everyone was on the same playing field. Yes. Yes. Which I thought was great. Which I thought was. Yeah, it worked really well. And then, but then, what was so awesome about it is. We got to see him being very Lando, never overshadowing Billy Dee Williams' performance, never overshadowing anybody else in the movie. But then he got to really sink his teeth in uh, when L3 yes. met her demise. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he really got to act. And it and was also great. the Calrissian Chronicles, Chapter 4. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I wasn't too impressed by Sheru. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, does he say Sheru in that? He does. Yeah. Oh, shit, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, he actually says it. Oh, and, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, because uh, one of the first things. A love. Okay. One of the first things I did uh, when I got home was, was go back and look at that dialogue because my assumption was it was a reference uh, right. to the Lando uh, stories. With, with, crazy. Which, because. Uh, people have complained that the droid in this is not Vufi Ra or whatever, however you pronounce that. But yeah. do we really want a droid named Vufi Ra? I'm much happier with L337, and yes, I know what that yeah. is, but who cares? So we move on to... Um, so say we move on to... So next stop is the train heist, right? Like, yes. we have our little, yeah. like, three Migos out in the desert scene. Yes. Um, and then we go straight to the train heist. Um... So what are our thoughts on the train heist? Like, not not the action. The action was fine, but like the consequences of it. Like, again, um, specifically Val dying. Yeah, um, did she like in in the moment? I kind of like just went with the action, but yeah. I mean, really, did you need to blow yourself up? And and my the only thing I can think is that her hope was that they would carry off. The, because the, another thing that's carried from what we've seen in the original trilogy, is, and they mention it several times in Solo, is it's it's really hard to live looking over your shoulder. It's hard to live with a death mark on your head. It's hard, you know, all yeah. that. They, they really pound that in. And my thought, the the way that I accept her blowing herself up, is that she loves Beckett so much. She's yes. hoping that they carry this job off and then he can live the rest of his life a free man and no longer have that, that burden. Because yeah, well, it's also... one last job. That's what I like, right. too. Is that, right. yeah, it's constantly brought up. This yes. is the last job. This is it. Well, it's classic out. outlaw fashion, you yeah. know, like I ain't going, I'll go out my own way type of thing. Yes. Um, I think there was actually a greater purpose of her death, though, which is we are dealing technically with a prequel where we know that three of our leads ain't going to die. Right. And so I think they were trying to set up early on the fact that, yeah, we know Han, Lando, and Chewie are going to make it out of this movie, but everyone else is fair game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so by Remember having Candy Newton, who's on all the posters and everything, mm-hmm. get killed so early, well, and that it was, was a little bit of Game of Thronesy, like nobody's safe. That actually yeah. surprised me because I, you know, as I think we discussed this before too. That you know, we saw the trailers, but at the same time, we really didn't know what this movie was about. Right. Um, we didn't know the content, and the the train robbery figured so prominently 
that going into the movie, it was entirely possible to me that that was going to be the end game. Yeah. And instead, it's happening in the first third of the movie. It's kind of what instigates the rest of the whole which, rest of the which film. Is, like the which film is, doesn't really, the story doesn't start until after the train. Yeah, which is really. fantastic. Like, I was so happy when they're yeah. like, oh shit, they're on the train. This isn't even the thing. We don't well, even also, know what the thing is. It also serves the purposes to, purpose to bond Han and Beckett more. Yeah. Because, like, that's all Beckett's got left now, is Han and Chewie. But do so, we feel like, that Beckett brushed off Val's death a little easily? Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. But, I don't know. I mean, look at Leia's reaction to Alderaan, like, you know, two minutes later. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, it, it's an adventure movie. Yeah. Every, well, every single Fast and Furious movie, every single chase scene should end with them going, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, can you believe what we just did? Right, Like, right. if you... You know, like I'm watching that trailer. I don't know if you got the trailer for Skyscraper in front of this, the new rock. Oh God, looks yeah. terrible. But like every moment of that move, there is at least one funny moment in that trailer where he climbs on this giant crane to jump yeah, on yeah. the skyscraper. And Nev Campbell asks him, "How did you get up here?" He's like, "I jumped off a giant crane." She's like, "What?" Like that should be every scene in an adventure movie. Like they should have <laughs> one set piece, and the rest of the movie should be them going, "I can't fucking believe what happened." Like, oh, what? real quick, we've got to we've got to mention uh, the fact that Val brings up Bosk. She, yes, oh, that's yeah. my list of references. Yeah, we could have got Bosk for this job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, again, just, you know, and to be fair, Lawrence Kasdan wrote Empire Strikes Back, so. Sure. Yeah. sure. Should have got Dengar. Been a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> He's better on a swoop than at least he used to be. Dengar. Sorry, probably too, uh, uh, yeah, probably too My feeling with Beggett, though, is I wonder how many vowels there have been. Like, he seems like a guy that. Yeah, he's in love with Val right now, but there's probably been like eight Vals throughout his life that die and go oh, away. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. Yeah, you know what? And with the way his story plays out, that's a very good point. Trust anybody. Yeah. Well, you know, by the end of the movie, he's he's turning on Han. He's telling Han, don't trust anybody. He, like, with the way Beckett's character... Uh, at the time, it seemed like Beckett moved on a little quickly, but maybe that's actually foreshadowing to the truth of his character. Well, it's yeah. also life in this part of the galaxy. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's rough. People fucking die. Shit's it's, tough it's on like, the rim. You know, it reminded it's you know it reminds me to that line in spoilers if you if you're one of the you know six people that haven't seen Black Panther. <laughs> but in when um, Killmonger um, goes back and sees his dad in the past, right, and his dad says no tears for me, and he goes people die. You know, yeah. it's like there, there's just this attitude of in this world, this yeah. life we live, people just die. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and I almost think Beckett has that. Yeah, I loved her. We would have had a good time, but I'm a survivor, mm-hmm. right? And and I move on. I move forward. You know, because right now, and the other thing that's pressing him now is like, now I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, what am I going to do now? Right. Now I'm fucked because you know, uh, burn victim Paul Bettany. Is uh, is is gonna try to kill me? Is that burn so, or is that some kind of like slashing? It's thing. slashing, I guess. Yeah, I have a theory on him. We'll get to it at the end. Okay. Uh, um, am I right during that scene too? When Enfish shows up, do they call them the Cloud Riders? Like, are the Cloud Riders now in canon? I think they just um, called Marauders. Yeah, I think they just said Marauders. I, I okay, and, and I don't think it was Marauders as a title. I think it was Marauders as a descriptive term. Can we go ahead and get out of the way? By the way, Emphis Nest, uh, good character, terrible Star Wars, terrible, traditionally good. Traditionally you know, terrible Star Wars. Thing. Terrible Star Wars. Can thing, we also right? mention that two tubes 
uh, from Rogue One. Yeah, we find that out later. Yeah, yeah, and also technically, Warwick apparently Warwick Davis's character is his same character from Phantom Menace, which is fine by me. I have no problem with that. That 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 guy later went on, and and and, and, you know, I thought about Ryan actually when that happened because I was like, oh, these guys are part of the Earth of the Alliance too. Yeah. So what? Which did they say? Which two tubes that was? Because there's two of them. Yeah, yeah it, they, one of them dies. It's Bendrick and Eldrick or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's vague. Yeah, we know. Okay. it's 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 one of them. But you know, if you have one two tubes, you've got them both. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they uh, no, yeah, they definitely. I said I liked how the the the, in the one capper I would give to the train scene that I thought was it ends with Han dumping the cargo. Yes. Yeah. Which, is a common trend for him, apparently. Right, right, right. right? Like, like, if it's between his life and the cargo, he will dump the cargo. Well, and that's the yeah. thing, is he had to dump the, the cargo, and the, the film illustrated that, that they would not have made it if he hadn't dumped the cargo. Absolutely, but at the same time, Beckett wouldn't have. Right, oh yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what gets him in trouble with Jabba down the road, right? Is, yeah. I, you know, uh, even I get boarded sometimes. Do you think I had a choice? Right, and, and 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 it's it's and it's just part of you know, and even I think Lando even talks about jettisoning the the hyperfuel when they're mm-hmm. going through the oh you know, yeah when they're yeah. doing the Kessel Run. We'll get to the Kessel Run, but like I think he like you know, th- there's references to that. But I, I think when Han was like, "I'm going to dump," he's like, "Don't you dare!" And I'm like, "Oh shit, dude, you should learn this lesson early because Job is going to fuck you up for this." Um, but uh, yeah, so we we hit the train job, and then we go to uh, oh, we go to a big we we have this movie's cantina scene, right? Yes, yes. Uh, is... I did not care for the music. Did oh, y'all really? like that? that no, I didn't like that. Her song singing. Oh, uh, that didn't bother I mean, me. I mean, I'm not gonna bump it in my car, but right, you know, right, was, right. You know, it was it was fine. Well, you know, th- we're um, we're never going to get anything as. Outstanding and memorable as well. I guess they're probably not Worm Case and Mad About Me anymore, but uh, we're never going to get anything like the original Cantina music. Mm-hmm. Or Lapting Neck. <laughs> yeah, well, partially because. But even Lapting Neck's pretty lame. We heard that stuff when we were kids, and we'd never heard anything like it before. Yeah. And now, what what do you do? What's the modern equivalent of that? I, I don't know. But this this didn't bother me. It's their to do an alien song. It's yeah, fine. Um, it, it didn't bother me. But I like the matter fact that it was like scumbags hobnobbing with Imperials. Well, and I also I liked to, to specifically about the song. I liked the little guy in the glass <laughs> bubble with yeah. the deep voice. Like yeah. that, that tickled me. I liked that. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't mind it. It was silly, but these movies should be silly. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we get the reveal that, hey, look, Kira's here. Yeah. The girl that Han left back home three years ago. And I it's, like uh, that the movie didn't belabor it. Like, she shows up, and Han's so excited to see her, he doesn't really think about it. And she is very obviously sort of maneuvering him. Like yeah. a little bit. Yeah. She's well. She's not saying, "Hey, here's what happened to me." She's she's being uh, not deceptive but evasive. But uh, like, she's also ashamed of it, though. It is very clear to the audience that, and she says this later that she knows more than he does. But yes. but from the moment they reconnect, I, I think as an audience member, you're like, "Oh, she's she's a at a trouble. different level from him right now." 
something something else is up. But she's also a little ashamed. Oh yeah, yeah. That's she's, she's become. She doesn't like this guy who knew her back then, seeing her who she is now. You yeah. know, she says later, if you knew about me, if you knew things, you know, the things I've done, you wouldn't look at me the same. But right? she's also not. It's. You know what? I don't know that ashamed is the right word. I feel like she wishes she wishes she hadn't had to lead the life that she's led. Yes, but she knows she had to do what she had to do. Well, because when not- they're when they're when they're leaving Corellia, she says something about one of her fears is being snatched by Crimson Dawn. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, we find her working yeah, for Crimson Dawn. Right. That's exactly branded by Crimson Dawn. You know. But- right. So it. So it. it it implies she's had a rough road. And I, I'll tell you what, the way that they slowly kind of reel out, because first you see the brand and you're like, oh, she's property of Crimson Dawn. Yeah, she's but you, a slave or whatever. You don't, right, right, right. She's beholden to them, but then it, it slowly unfolds exactly where she is in the organization. And I really enjoyed really... that they, they kind of slowly led the, fed that out to us. Seems less of a brand and more of a gang tat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so, so then we go into what Beckett's office, right? Uh, we, the well, Easter Egg Palace. We we go, yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Are there uh, Easter eggs Beck, in there? Not Beckett's office. Uh, what's his name? Paul Bettany. Oh, sorry, sorry. Boss. Dryden, Dryden, boss, Dryden, boss. Uh, so we meet him, and I love that he's a different kind of Star Wars villain. Like, I loved how touchy feely he was with everybody. It was so creepy. He was. Yeah, he like put his hand on Beckett's shoulder. How are you doing? Are you okay? Like he touched everyone, and it was. I've known off-putting guys like that who use their physical presence as kind of like a a control type thing. Yes, uh, intimidation. Yeah, yeah. I'm and very glad to. they changed him. Have you read what was originally shot for no, him? No, uh-uh. so, so well, originally an actor, right? That Scottish guy. It was a it was a guy like there was a cat almost so he looked I guess they <laughs> oh, said like a feline face and Jake Sully okay it yeah, was very sorry. weird apparently Great. Yeah. okay yeah that's I like probably weird, better scary things that got read when he got mad I liked him you're right he's a different villain for a Star Wars movie what I didn't like is he's not a different villain for any other type of movie again like that goes to that like I don't think the DNA of it's a hundred completely original. You know, like I did like I, him, but like he I'm wasn't. A, I'm okay with that, though. Like, oh, I'm not. Yeah, it's not a complaint. It's just it's the thing that keeps the movie from being. You know, it, it's. It's. It, I think it was a conscious decision to tell a very conventional movie. I think like so, this. and I think that's yeah. okay because. Yeah. Sure. Um, I, I I have discovered when Star Wars gives me what I want, right. I enjoy Star Wars more. And and that's. Always going to be the case. Um, I just think that, again, in this case, he was good. I didn't think he was standout to me. Like he, you know, no, I he thought wasn't. I thought he filled his role perfectly. But to what should he have been standout? Because the idea at the end of the day is right. that he's just a cog in this organization. I don't think. I think he's more than a cog. I think he's, you know, he's. But that was the thing. Like her. They, he's sidious to her. Vader, you no, know I mean? but he's, he's not because it turns out there's Maul is the sidious to his yes. Maul. <laughs> right. She's more right. of Doctor Affleck because they they have <laughs> yeah. 
Well, they they say in the movie, and I can't remember who says it, but there's always someone else. She says that someone some everyone answers to somebody. Yeah, or as as uh, and I, I have to I have to admit I cribbed this from somewhere online, but it I love it because it carries through the saga. Uh, Qui Gon, uh, when they're on, uh, oh god, when they're yeah. on Naboo, says there's yeah. always a bigger, there's always fish. a bigger fish. Yeah, I yeah. mean they're and they're carrying that through here. So like, yeah, they are. Yes, he is to an extent the big bad of the movie, but at the same time, there's always a bigger bad. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, yeah, and they and they do drop that in, and we'll we'll get to that big reveal, but um, they do drop that. If she does, you know. Uh, he does mention, you know, my employer or whatever, yeah. and then she mentions later. Even he answers to somebody, you know. Absolutely. So they they do drop that in. Um, no, I enjoyed the character. I just, you know, there was nothing that like made me. He just didn't. He didn't stand out to me. And again, you're well, right. Maybe he should. But he, he is did, the villain of the movie. If so. he see they they put their wacky over the top Star Warsy villain at the beginning on Corellia, which we totally glossed over. What's her name? I can't remember. Lady Proxima. <laughs> Loved it. I was a little unsure. But But the thing is, that is a low-stakes situation at the opening of the movie that you know Han is going to get out of, so we don't have to take that villain as seriously. So you can do something like make her a giant millipede with fucking body jewelry all over. (laughs) And what are the odds that Disney's two biggest movies of the year, they came out pretty much within a month of each other, have a female villain named Proxima? (laughs) <laughs> you're right you're totally right holy world. shit that's hilarious I, if i had to put money on i would say him the clicking the uh fake thermal detonator with his mouth and then her calling oh, around on it i bet that's lord and miller you're probably right yeah. that and the uh you know. the stuff with lando's capes yeah is, although is, i did like that's a custom piece I that's that a funny. big thing in last shot though in the book Oh, they talk it? a lot about the capes. Yep. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I liked well, that he had a cape room. Play. Well, and I love that she was in there trying his capes on. Like that was yeah. that was. Well, a she very, wears one later. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a very. Uh, it brought forth the humanity of the characters in a way that that even the original trilogy sometimes didn't. She's the most human, and I, I said I like her in the movie, but that's the moment where she lets her guard down the most is in that scene. Can we really it, quickly? Um, go ahead and and say that uh, well i'll say i was very concerned about amelia clark's actual acting ability Uh because i feel that she's very good at being daenerys yep but i have not seen her in anything else that she's been very good at yes but i loved her in this so i feel like okay it's okay for me to like her as an actress and not just as Daenerys now. Um, I liked her in this quite a bit. I, I, I shared the same thing. I think one of the reasons she's good uh, as Daenerys is they, they know uh, what lanes they can write her in. Sure. Um, she, they, they, they know her... I don't mean to sound insulting. They know her limits. And well, so she, but she came she's good at certain straight things. out of school, right? Yeah, they pulled yeah. her like right out of school. Oh, she was very young. She's very young. Um, but yeah, I liked her in this movie a lot. It helps that I liked the character a lot. Yeah. Um, but there's just a cute moment in that in that in the the cape room where they start to say something at the same time, and it almost feels like a rom com for a second. Yeah. And 
and it felt very human and like very sweet between the two of them and and you know and and, and while yes she is playing him to an extent the whole time I still don't doubt her feelings towards him. No, I agree. Um, I, I totally you know, agree. Th- they're still there. When when he says at the end, you have a soft spot for him, he, she does. Which like, is what leaves me, and we'll get to it, but what leaves me to question if she really did betray him at the end or if we didn't see the whole picture, or Han didn't see the whole picture. Um, well, and we'll find out in a novel, not in a movie probably. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Um, so let's move on. Unless, yep. Unless this Boba Fett movie is technically a sequel to Solo, but... Right. That's uh yeah. that's a discussion for another day. So uh we meet Lando. They recruit yep. Lando because Lando is so enthused with the fact that Beckett killed Aura Singh, who Lando apparently owed money to. Well, no, they, they get Lando to join because Lando's broke. Because they have the card game, we skip the card game and it where we think, Okay, here's the moment, right? Mm-hmm. But Lando uses yep. the skifter. And then Lando cheats. Right. So he's not broke. He's, he's, but he, no, but he sees Kira, and she goes, I thought you were retired. He's like, things change. Right, like, right. That, to me, was an indication of, nah, I still need money. Like, I'm not... Capes are expensive. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You his know, like, his he was, claim well, was he did it out of... He would do it yeah. out of gratitude, but you're right. Right, you're but right. he was very obviously like, yeah, but then they barter about his percentage. Right? Well, and his and ship, his the ship, ship got is, Yeah, the ship has yeah. got, yeah. got the Star Wars equivalent of a boot on it. <laughs> It was funny to me the second time through. I didn't realize when he says, "I keep my my ship in a secure place." I didn't realize. No, he doesn't. It got impounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, yeah. they're breaking into the police impound yard. Yeah. to yeah. get his ship out. I didn't. It didn't hit me till the second time through that, like, no, they were stealing the Falcon back because he had, like, he was, he had, you know, he was up to his ears in debt. You know, overall. Uh, um... Overall, L 3s character didn't bother me. I felt that some of the some of what they did with her was a little heavy handed. But that scene of her, I can't. I see you looking at me. Don't do it. Like that was that, that that might have been Lord and Miller as well. Yeah, that I didn't yeah. get. Let's you know while we're talking about L three real quick, how comfortable were you with the fact that there were more sex jokes in this movie than there have been in every other Star Wars movie combined? You know they weren't too overt, but there were. I'm not talking for kids. Like uh, they're gonna they're gonna be over the head of kids. I get that, but like even for me, who is not a prude, like it just. I I don't I, know. Every once in a while, I was like, did we really need to make a mention of Lando's prestigious? I am a prude, and I I mean you know where some things are concerned. Right. Uh, and uh, none of it got like even when the, when. Uh, Kira was asking L3, how does that even work? Like, it's yeah. because that's a double... Like, it could just mean how would the romance work, but even it, though... It does. Even though we know what she meant. Well, there's been a lot of talk about different how levels. Lando is depicted as pansexual in this film. Well, whatever. You know, which is not... I mean, well, no, because remember... Cause, I mean, it is interesting that... She, you know, K three also or L three also tells Lando to stop flirting with Han, right? Like, like she even says, like, it's, stop flirting. It's and you know, it's uh, if the fact that he is is fine, the fact that a deal is being made of it is dumb. Yeah, no, it's just it's interesting. It's it's just interesting to comment to to look at because. Again, I don't think it's that blatant. I think it's it's more subtle, and I don't even think it's that intentional. I think it's just, you know, Lando just digs everybody, whatever. Yeah. But 
it, um, I, I, I did find her character to be a little grating. Um, I wish she was less on the nose, you know. Can I get yeah. you anything? Free rights, equal rights. I was like, eh. yeah. But at the you same know, time, like, also saying that to a black man felt a little funny. It, um, uh, well, they're in a galaxy far, far away. That's a, so true. If that's she'd true, said it but... to, to Chewbacca, it might have been a little off-putting. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, you know what? And it's funny because you know I, I I lay slightly to the right of where you are. Yeah. And her character didn't cause me any consternation. Like at times, I thought she was a little abrasive, but I never felt like. Oh, here we go. Like yeah, it, someone who has, in fact, been labeled a social justice warrior in my life, um, uh, usually derogatorily by people online. Sure. Um, uh, <laughs> I almost felt like it was... I guess that's probably why I liked her less, because I was like, you're making fun of her. Are you making fun of me for caring oh. about her? Like, you know, whether it was the other way, where right, it was, like, right, she was right. so annoying that it was like, oh, look how silly it is that this droid wants rights. And I don't think that's what it was. I just felt like she was a little too on the nose I at the time. T- well, I took it. What I'm curious to see is it reminded me a lot of how the Harry Potter movies, or Harry Potter dealt with, you know, the house elf revolution and all that mess. Right. In this movie, it didn't tie into anything else and i wonder yeah. if in the book it's going to tie in more if there's it's just there be, to lead to her death if there's going to be some other connection somehow all i know but, like, is i i, I have to i have to make this shout out right now the casket creatures newest album return to wolfton features a song called robot revolution it does and it could not be more timely <laughs> Yeah, and I, yeah. and I, I can't yeah. wait. I don't think Ryan has seen the movie yet, so I'm like dying to oh, to, to get that reveal from him. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I, she was a little grating. I was fine, but again, I was okay when he got killed. But I love well, one thing. I hate. She's awesome in Last Shot and that last book that came out. I really okay. liked her. I was really looking forward to seeing her, and then I was kind of let down. How do you I don't think I like the her? way the way she walked was a little like overly that's, that's exaggeratedly feminine. How do you, you feel know? about her design? I don't like the legs, the weird oval. Yeah, uh, it reminded me oddly of when Polly made his robot talk like a woman in Rocky Four. Like, <laughs> you know, we're gonna do uh, that podcast one day. <laughs> one day, no, one day we're gonna talk Rocky Four, and yeah, no, I know I want to do my podcast, but one day we'll t- we'll talk some Rocky Four, um, and the first topic will always be did Polly fuck that robot, and um, that that topic will be wrapped up quickly. And the answer is yes. Yes. Um, so, so the the I'm sorry. The topic should be Polly totally fucked that robot, right? Um, the discussion but, is how he fucked that robot, right? Exactly. It, don't worry, it works. It works. Um, uh, no, yeah, I, I just thought the way she kind of sashayed and stuff. Like, I get it. Lando's a playboy. He would want a female sounding droid. All that makes sense to me. I, I, her personality is great on me a little bit. It's fine. It doesn't hurt the movie for me. It's just it was just another character that I was I was you know glad when she got blown to shit. That's all. So, you know, so, it's fine. <laughs> so we're aboard the Falcon, Falcon, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh, we're en route to Kessel, yep. and they mention the Maw. They do. Which is from the old Expanded Universe. Uh, the Maw is the collection of black holes, right? Uh, yes. The, 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 um, the Kessel Run is a... The Kessel Run and... It, well, I like the fact that they kept 
the spirit of the Parsec idea without doing exactly what the books did with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as that. But yeah, the Maw is a cluster of black holes or that, that around Kessel. And in this one, it's just one big, massive, I think they call it a gravity well. Yeah, because they don't have Stephen Hawking in their world of coin. Which, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, yeah. So we we get this really nice visual of because in my mind in in the old expanded universe books they often talked about like the hyperspace lanes and and just trying yeah. to visualize like how have they yeah. marked these safe routes yeah. through space and to yeah. actually see this giant uh gas cloud or whatever it was yeah, the, nebula, the Maelstrom or Nebula. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked when they were going in, it actually showed, you know, because we still have to get to Kessel, but when they're getting to Kessel, I liked that it. it did show it was a series of micro-jumps. Yeah. Um, that they had to jump from kind of beacon to beacon yep. yeah, to and get that was... through. I thought that was cool, and in way more detail than we even necessarily deserved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. You know? They could have just popped in at Kessel, and we would have been like, yeah. okay, here we go. But, but it is necessary to explain why him doing it in 12 and the dangers of it. It is necessary to explain that it's difficult to get in and out, that you have to take this long route. It is, you do have to explain that in order for the rest of it to pay off. So um, we, we, have to, uh, we have to speed things up. Yep, sure. So we get to Kessel. We've kind of already talked about the robot revolution. Uh, yep. The, the Wookiees uh, get free. The robots just kind of meander around. Uh, oh, I love when Chewie hit that dude Drunk him right up to the ceiling. Yes, yes, we get. When some... Han gives him the staff, and he goes and just slams that, him right up to the ceiling. The pikes look like the pikes. Like that's what they yeah, should look the force, like. I the was glad to see them. Look good. Uh, I mean, should we kill some fuckers in this movie? And we he does. There's even more kind of bureaucracy uh, failing. Is is basically how they get away yeah. with with the whole castle. Yeah. Well, that was, but that's the Pike Syndicate that yeah. rules Kessel, and that's right, from the right. that's from that's. I mean, in the, I don't know if it's technically expanding the universe, but that's from other sources. That's yeah. in canon. The Pikes yeah, are yeah. a big part of yeah. Cause, yeah, because the Pikes um, are part of the Shadow killed, And they killed Sifo-Dyas as well. Yes. They're responsible for the death of Sifo-Dyas, the they Jedi are. Master who ordered the clone army or whatever. And, um, yeah, they, they kind of, you know, Crimson Dawn was new, I do believe. Right. Um, mm-hmm. New creation. Um, although Crimson Dawn, Black Sun... Not that far off from each other, honestly. Which um, makes sense for the end of Clone Wars. We'll get to that yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, we'll get there. Uh, so, yeah, that's no, when we'll start cutting deep. We, I'll admit, I've been waiting my whole life to see Kessel. I don't think it was overly impressive, but it was fine for the story. Well, it's a mining, yeah. uh, it's a mining world. Uh, what yeah. is it going to be? Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I guess I, I. I mean, and again, you know, one thing we'll talk about when we get to the box office of this movie and, and the struggles it's having is part of the reason it's having struggles is that this movie cost twice as much as it, it was planned to. Yeah, well, as it should because have. Of the reshoots. Um, well, because of the reshoots, like right, it, exactly. it should. It was supposed to be like a hundred fifty million dollar movie, and end up being a three hundred million dollar movie because of the reshoots, right? So, um, it was meant to be a smaller film. So prior to the movie coming out, we had discussed, like, okay, we see this pristine, beautiful Falcon yes. uh, in all of the trailers. Hey, the last and how in the world can it look like what we see in A New Hope in only... Well, I had no doubt that Han and Chewie could fuck that thing only, Well, here's the thing, though. In only the 15 or so years that pass, if even 15, between, ha- between Solo, maybe. yeah, 10 or so years, decade, decade-ish that passes between Solo and New Hope, how can they do that much damage to that ship? <laughs> and one Turns of my, th- 
one of my thoughts had been, well, maybe Han just sort of lets it go because he knows it's going to piss Lando off. Little did we know <laughs> that he jacks it up right out the gate. But it works because it helps sell the magnitude of the Kessel Run and the way that they had to do it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the mall literally strips the Falcon yes. to the point where it looks like the Falcon. And my favorite shot of the entire movie, as favorite shot of any movie I've seen this year, is the maw with the giant space Cthulhu <laughs> creature with the falcon. Like, that side, like, orgasmic mm-hmm. 70s side of a van heavy metal shot. It was like a Monster Magnet album cover. Oh, yes. Fucking badass. I just yeah. sat there in the theater just like, who put? Who's responsible for putting this on the screen? And it's got. I mean, it's got to be Ron <laughs> Howard. Uh, now, how how do we? Uh, you know, we've been waiting for forty one years. What did we think of the Kessel Run? Oh, dude! After, I, after forty one years, look in my head, the Kessel Run was Han driving the Falcon really fast through space. Right. This yeah. went far beyond what my yeah. personal imagination had ever imagined the Castle Run would be. I think it's fascinating that it's the first time that he flies it. Yeah, that that's a good point, yeah. You yeah. know, it's the first time he ever flies it. And I like that they gave it, you know, that was one of the moments from the trailers that I loved as well, which was, um, yeah, everyone comments on the 190 years old, you look great line, which is fine, but is when he goes, we need to reroute auxiliary power to the deflector shields, and Kira looks at the controls and goes, yeah, we do. Um, (laughs) And then Chewie takes over. And again, the score by uh, John Powell, which I did like very much, um, he, but at that moment, he hits it real hard, but the fact when Chewie sits down in that co-pilot seat, yeah, we right, get the, we, 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 we get a little bit of the yeah. music, and like he hits it hard, but it still worked for me. You know, even though I I knew what they were doing, I knew they were manipulating me to go like, look at this moment, but it still was awesome <laughs> to see the two of them side by side well, in the Falcon. And, and the fun part is that to a certain extent, because you know that that whole Kessel Run claim has always. You know, we've never really known, is that true? Is that Han just full of shit? And, right. like, little column A, little column B. because <laughs> Well, he, if you round down. He's got, <laughs> right. Well, and also he's got the assistance of L3's navigational brain. It's not like he did it on his own. No, he's got uh, he's got uh, he's got uh, Mickey Knox in the back juicing up the uh, engines yeah. with, some, the, with some fuel. A lot of factors went into his claim that this ship made the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. Like, and he's still rounded down. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as so he like, tells, the, he tells I, Chewie. I love that it's still amazing that they did it, but even then he still has to embellish. Yeah. Now, yeah. here's a question for y'all too. How do y'all feel about L3 being the Falcon, that's, essentially? That's fine. I think it's interesting because 3PO later on, you know, yeah. mentions yeah. like it's a weird throwaway. Talks line. about the dialect. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's always been in stuff that the that the Falcon had a couple of droid brains running it, and that's what made yeah. it such a mess. What's made it so powerful, but also such a mess. Yeah. And so I like the fact that L three is the first mm-hmm. droid brain download. I like that was the the saving grace of the character to me. Honestly, was that like she, you know, one of the reasons the Falcon's so great is that it's got this nav computer that's better than any in the galaxy, as Lando said, right? Because its memory it's got, was never wiped. 
Right, and it's got destroyed brain in it, and and it and it also, you know, she's temperamental. So is the Falcon, right? Yeah. Like you know, it, 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 and yeah, three PO says an Empire. You know, I don't know where your your ship learned to communicate, but it speaks the most peculiar dialect. You know, like you know, it, this ship's obviously not very nice to three PO. Oh, um, we've got we've got to mention another another one of the little nods that happened on Kessel uh, was Beckett's disguise. Yeah, that was weird to me. I I, yeah, I didn't like that. Oh, I liked yeah. it because I like yeah. the idea that he's got these costumes essentially on the Falcon, yeah. right. and that they just get whether Lando takes it with him or whether it's still on there when Jedi comes around. That like the the I yeah. love the idea that the skiff guard costumes on there, the Bausch costume is on there, which I think they've explained in the new canon somewhere. Uh, on Forces of Destiny. Okay, yeah, yeah. Forces of Destiny did a Leia short um, with Maz Kanata, actually, and it ended up with her at the Bows costume. Okay, but I yeah. I like the idea that they have... That, like, wouldn't you hang on to that stuff? Yeah, but would he have a specifically Jabba Skiff Guard costume well, But that's in the there, thing, is it's, like... not, it's not a Jabba Skiff Guard costume, it's a mercenary costume. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. No, I mean, it was fine. It, it was a little distracting to me. Um... But I bought. I didn't now, care. You know? I could. I might could buy it a little more if maybe in the book or somewhere else they say that Beckett brought that with him because he specifically talks about I, I'm gonna get the, gear. the huts that he's going to go work with the huts later. Sure. And so maybe he already well, has that, it. See, so. that's the thing though is the that's only funny. the only thing telling us that that costume's native to Tatooine is the fact that the only place we've ever seen it is Tatooine. Did no but, one else look like Lando in Jabba's Palace? That no, nobody else had that specific okay. look. Um, okay. As a matter yeah. of fact, if you look, because uh, I'm I'm turning around right now and looking at like, all Jabba's Palace stuff. action yeah. figures, and like, right. yeah, the Nicktoes sort of dress a certain way. The the uh, like, but they the all clatus. look they all look very different. Okay. Um, yeah. And but yeah, nobody else had quite nobody else had that Lando get up, and so to me. It's it's a it's a it's a goon for hire getup. It's not a Tatooine Palace Guard getup. Uh, one thing I'd like to mention while we're on the Falcon and doing the Kessel Run, uh, one little nit. Um, Han in New Hope says that he had the smuggler compartments installed. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, so that was a little glitch for me. Uh, um, but again, Han says a lot of things. That's true, and I like the. I kind of like the idea when he says, "I made a lot of special modifications myself." True, you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, you right. did. You, uh, you know, um, and you know, obviously, you know, they they took tore off the radar dish, um, which is now a thing. Um, the, he lost the 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 lower gun, which leads to them installing the quad laser cannons. But um, even that stuff that putting on the Falcon, even stuff like the the smuggling compartments that Lando had put in. I mean, I totally buy that Han would take credit for those. Yeah, no, it's fine. It just it was something that just stuck with me when you you know is like putting them in, and I'm like I I specifically remember. Right. Shockingly, I have a photographic memory for that first for every line of dialogue <laughs> in Star Wars and so, <laughs> of the first three films, and so I know Han says he put them in himself. But of but, course, um, he would say that. He yeah, did. but but you're right. Yeah, it's possible. I would have liked to seen the wet bar that was mentioned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did get a little. I got a little tickled though, like seeing the bunk. Like, yeah, because that that's awesome. the bunk that Luke is in at the end of Empire, yeah. right? 
um, when he's wounded, you know, and like um, and things like that. So I thought, you know, we got to see not a ton. One thing I would love to see one day is the actual cargo hold of the Falcon. Yeah, that'd be we've nice. Never been, we've never actually been in the cargo hold. I would like, like to see a side-by-side of the the Solo Falcon versus the New Hope Falcon because we got we got the room with the Dejeric chess table and all yeah. the familiar parts, but it looked so very different. Like, I, I would love to see all the... And I'm sure so it'll be published yeah. in, like, one of the visual dictionaries or something. All yeah, right, I mean, we got to keep you know, moving. And what happened got, to the cape room? We've yeah. got a lot of movie left. Okay. And, so they do the, so they do the Kessel time. Run in... Let's say approximately twelve parsecs. Yes, twelve ish, give or take. And uh, then they make it to whatever the planet is that they're going to process the coaxium. I knew it was going to come up, and I don't remember what it was called. Yeah, I can't remember either. And I thought about it today. I was like, I need to look that up, but then I didn't care enough. I just uh, saw the movie. It, it's another. It's another desert planet. <laughs> it is. Uh, we get there, and there are a bunch of desert people sitting around doing desert things, and then Infus Nest shows up and yes. we get the awesome moment of Han once again stepping up with with completely unjustified bravado and Lando fucking leaves. Well wait wait before we do that we skipped one of my favorite throwaway lines oh, okay, in the okay. movie. When they're looking at the Falcon and Lando says, I hate you and Han says I know I know <laughs> Yes, it's a throwaway line. They don't hit it too hard, yeah. So they don't draw attention to it. But but he's like, yeah, you know, it's a good ship. He's like, I hate you. He's like, I know. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, I'm down with that. I'm That's down with great. that. And and, yeah. and it's also a sweet moment because they're kind of accepting each other. But he's all, but he also says, I never want to fucking see you again. And and sure <laughs> enough, <laughs> and sure and enough. Pants. Oh man, I the, as a matter of fact, my whole theater, the, my theater. I don't know how you guys were. My theater responded very well to this movie. Uh, yeah, I I've seen it in two practically empty theaters. So oh I can't man, see. we we were when we saw it uh, the Friday that it came out, or I guess yeah. the Friday after the Thursday it came out, whatever. Uh, yeah. And our theater was, I'd say, at least seventy five percent full, but right. a very responsive crowd that applauded at the end. Um, that that I, popped big for the big moments. Uh, it was fun. I was ahead of Lando leaving. As soon oh, as Han you? said that, I, I knew that was the next beat. Just as a writer, I'm like, the yeah, next, yeah, yeah. The best joke possible now is for the Falcon to just fly away. It, like, I, I, I did hit. So I was, a, I was ahead of that one by but a it beat. Was, Doesn't make it any less great because it just whoop. Yeah, <laughs> I love just it. like it got third, and then he comes back. He's like, "All right, do your thing." And then we get the <laughs> like, very interesting reveal uh, that Memphis Nest is. Yet, or part of yet another fact splinter group of the the burgeoning rebellion. They're, those are the Partisans, right? Like she's a member, they're, or, or at least pro member. At least starting yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. Now, did anybody I, else? I thought it was a little weird how they played the reveal of her face as if we should know who it was well, for a second there. Like the music thought, swelled. My first thought was that she was Beckett and Val's daughter. <laughs> She could have been because See, I was I like, you know, I was like, why is this a big deal? Who is this little girl? Yeah. And I was like, is she like their daughter or something? Because I think it, it turns out the reveal is just that she's a little girl. Yeah, right, right. Which is you know, which is fine. Yeah, I thought for a minute it might have been Saw Guerrera's sister, and that she didn't really die. Mm. But 
that was not that. Yeah, no, I, I, I it, it was a weird moment to me because I was like, please don't let this to be someone coming. Please don't let it be Tandy Newton. Right, right, right. Yeah, like, that occurred like, to like, me too. Like as she was pulling the mask off, that occurred to me. Yeah, too. like, but when they revealed her, I was like. I'm, I'm down. I don't think you earned the music cue that, no. that John Powell gave you. No. <laughs> this yeah. Not at all. Because um, I don't know who that is. And actually, they just they introduced what was strange about it. And I didn't mind, but what was strange is they introduced a whole new element to the film in that moment, right? Yeah. Like, the Marauders yeah, were already yeah. there, but the film takes a completely different turn for this last, it's not even the last act. It's like the last half of the last act almost, right? Yeah. Where it just kind of like, all of a sudden you're like, who 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 are these? What what? You know, like it was it was it was a little strange to like throw this it new was, complication into it. It was disorienting, but it didn't it it didn't feel clunky. It just felt very oh, I didn't yeah. think that's what that would be. And think about though, think about how flat the movie would been would have been without that connection yes. and reveal. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it ends up working well. It just in the moment, it was like, are we really adding this? Right, 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 are, right. Are we really adding this into the mix Is now? this a bit yeah. much? But then it turns out it really isn't. All right, yeah, so, yeah, so. Uh, Han, who has been told, yes, you are a good guy, and who is fighting against that, uh, I, I loved the way everything unfolded from here on out because I've really, I want to say I've almost untrained my brain to where I sit back and I go along for the ride as much as possible. Right. So I, I knew things weren't going to unfold as straightforward as they seemed, but I didn't totally see everything coming that came. Right. Uh, because the way, and, and this is maybe partially how good of a, or how solid of a director Ron Howard is, is everything played out in a very specific way that led you to believe, like, okay, Han's got the fake coaxium, look at his blaster all concealed up in the lid, he's going to try to put one over, and something's going to go wrong, but I don't know exactly what. Like, it it seemed to be playing out in a very straightforward manner. Mm-hmm. I was pretty sure Woody was coming back. Like, I almost thought, though, he was coming back to save him. That he would get betrayed, yeah. See, and Woody I, I, would come back and do the heroic sacrifice. The whole movie, I felt like Kira was the one that was going to betray him because yep. they way th- the way that they played her character when they reconnected, it really felt like man, she is going to fuck him over so hard. Uh, yeah. So I that and that was where my uncertainty no, and, of who was going to turn on who came and from. And they do play a fine line with that scene do, between those two, but they do then pull what again is a little bit of a cliche which is Han was ahead of him the whole time. Yeah, which which you, you know? know is fine because the point of this is that Han is learning. Yes. So yes. we get yes. a we get a satisfying like okay, he's yeah. He he's yep. learned. He's not getting duped again because I'm I personally a little tired of my heroes looking dumb. So yeah, well, I, was, I was okay. He with did it. the audience line too. I heard what you said earlier. Yeah. I knew what was coming. Yes. Like yes, yes. No, he did. He did. He did. Um, but you know, and, and and yeah, I liked. And then you have that ambiguity during that fight scene. Yeah, 
very well done. And I, when, what side Kira? What side Kira is going to be on? Yeah, and when she, you know, w- with the sword, when she turned around, mm-hmm. like you're like, oh, okay, she's going to turn on this guy. But is she? What's happening? Like it was. Yes. It, yeah. It, within the moment, they built everything just right so you had yeah. just enough uncertainty to be caught up in it so that by it's the about, time yeah. it happened you hadn't really figured it out yeah. and when she, and i think one of the most telling lines watching it the second time is uh kira says you know i'm going to collect the money so we can get out of here right after she kills beckett mm-hmm. or after she kills boss and then says go get chewy and he's like hey, oh, she's yeah. like good you're gonna need him she says yeah yeah you have to go save Chewbacca. You're going to need him. Yeah, at that point, you know she's not going you know, with him. It's, because she cares about him. She wants him to be okay. But she, but she's, over these last three years, has become a different person. Has ambitions, right, you know, in this organization. She no longer, you know, while when we meet her, we think she's a slave to the Crimson Dawn. No, she's an up-and-comer, right? Here's, and, my, here's my question, though. Did she leave them there solely to go and take Dryden Boss's position in Crimson Dawn or to continue to protect Han from Maul? I think uh, it's both. Yeah. She doesn't think, want him involved in it, but she's definitely yeah. going to get her money. Yeah, I, I mean, think she knew, though, if she left, they were going to hunt him down. Right. And this clears Han and gives him a chance. Because they mentioned earlier, uh, well, Beckett even tells him, they don't know who you are, just get mm-hmm. out of here. I mean, Yeah, I thought way, that was a nice early. moment where he was like, they don't know who you are, you can just leave. Yeah. You know, and Han's like, will I still get paid? I'll, I'll risk it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? That was really good. Um, which, that was great stuff. Which I like. But I, I think, you know, getting under her betrayal, I, I, don't, I don't even necessarily see it as a betrayal. The only betrayal to me is her saying, I'm right behind you. Right, it is the lie of saying I'm coming with you. Yeah. Right. Um, she doesn't really screw him out of any money. She lets him keep all the the fuel to give to the people. Right. She doesn't, yeah. you know, she doesn't kill him. She doesn't do that. She just can't tell him the whole truth, and so she lies to him and says, "Oh, we're right behind you." It, 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 there's almost because the thing about it is, and it's in her performance, is there's almost a sacrificial element too. Well, right. That's... Where she is, she is. Yes, she's ambitious. Yes, she wants to rise up in this criminal organization. Yes, she's going to go talk to Darth Maul and Dathomir. But at the same time, she is sacrificing happiness. Yeah, for that. and and that's why I feel like that's yeah. that's definitely part of her motivation is to protect him. What well, I like it. It's ambiguous. It's an ambiguous yeah. part of the galaxy. You know, we're not dealing with Jedi and Sith. We're dealing with people who are just trying to. We're just dealing with simple people trying to make their way through the universe, as one man once said. And so. Um, they, you know, so there's no right choices in a yeah. lot of ways, right? And so she's making the one that she thinks will do the best for her, do the best for him, whatever. But she also knows by leaving that she's cutting that that mm-hmm. that this love of her life or this guy that she cares about is going is to hate her forever yeah. now. You know, so um, Han leaves. Yeah. Han, Han, do 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 do. See you in a little while, sweetie. Leaves, uh, <laughs> yeah. and she calls up the classic. Star Wars hologram, and it is none yep. other than our old pal Maul, no longer Darth Maul, just Maul. Just Maul. Uh, just Maul. Played by Ray Park, voiced by the excellent Doomsday. Uh, oh, shoot. The guy who does it on the show. Yeah, remember. well, he was Doomsday. No. He was uh, the, in the Force Unleashed games. Uh, 
Oh, Sam Witwer? Oh, is it? No, that's not Sam Witwer. No. Who is it? I don't remember. Ah, but I, anyway. I, uh, I think it's the guy who does him on the show. Right? It is. It it's is. the, same it's guy, the guy, that, guy from Rebels. Yeah, it's Clarence. the same guy that did him on Rebels. Sam Witwer. Oh, it is it's, Sam Witwer. Oh, it's Sam Witwer. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Doomsday Samuel. from Smallville. Yeah, and he was Starkiller. Yeah, he was Starkiller in uh, Force Unleashed. I, I, I was thinking it was the same guy. Okay, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, Maul shows up. He's got the Inquisitor lightsaber. I thought this was really cool. I looked at it because I, you know, I know, I know what's been going on with Darth Maul over the past five years, and it makes sense in his story trajectory that he'd it be does. here at this time. Now, there were people in the theater who did not get that at all, and it's funny to me. This is this is one of my final notes. The different levels of fandom. You know, you've got us who immediately yes. knew that that made sense, yes, and who thought it was cool. You've got people who knew who he was, but the last time they saw him, he'd been cut in half. Yes, <laughs> and then you've got people who probably didn't even know who he was, who were just there to see a new Star Wars movie. Like, how weird mm-hmm. is it that level of awareness is so vastly different within the theater? Well, we hit upon this every time, right? That that. There are Star Wars fans, and there are people who are fans of Star Wars movies. Yes, and uh, and the reason I have I have two problems. I love the moment. I got again. I got it. I'm a huge fan of Rebel. I think Dave Filoni is the second most important Star Wars storyteller ever, and so I think that 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 the this is it. It, it thrilled me in the fact that this was a not just like a reference, like having Hera's name in or, or Chopper go by in in Rogue One, but this is literally like. A, plot point a big moment in the movie that is a directly comes from the cartoons right and while i love that i had two problems with it one i thought we were going to get through this movie without seeing a lightsaber yeah me too eh. so and i know ryan had that problem with rogue one where he really yep. wanted to get through without a lightsaber and and we i, th- I thought this will definitely be the one and because it didn't actually make any sense that he would just light up his lightsaber like no. why? why yeah you're right like, that was it was it was gratuitous, it was but it was just to like we got to have a lightsaber sound in here. I don't know. Well, I halfway two, wonder if that was to remind people that that is Darth Maul because you couldn't see that, that it's he, not just some other Zabrak. Yeah, or, you couldn't see that he was red. So yeah. like you know, if you haven't seen Darth Maul since nineteen ninety nine, and my other problem with it is is that is that what you just described? Mm-hmm. An overwhelming majority of people watching the movie the last time they saw him and he was dead and it just led to at least the people around me utter confusion and some in some point derisive laughter well here's the they thing thought though. It was, honestly the guy next to me said that's fucking stupid if not for the poor reputation of the prequels which if you're Disney um, I, I feel like they acknowledge the prequels as little as they can however they're doing more than they're doing more than I thought they would though however yeah. If you're Disney, you as a company looking to monetize this franchise can't look at the prequels as dumb. No. You have to look at them as creative material. I don't even think he thought it was dumb because it was the prequels. I just thought the guy next to me thought it was dumb because it came out of nowhere and Darth Maul's dead and now all of a sudden Darth Maul's not. And by the way, I know people that love Clone Wars who think it's dumb that Darth Maul's not dead. Things like that happen in, in... movie series though characters that you thought were dead come back and they make reappearances like it's not it's not unique to this 
movie. I will go on the record. I think it was a mistake. I liked it, but I think it took, at least in my limited focus group of the people around me, um, I felt like it took people out of the movie, and it took people and it confused people more than it intrigued people. And 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 while I. As soon as he showed up, I guessed who it was before he pulled his, his thing back. Because I'm like, criminal organization, shadowy guy. Oh, crap, this is probably Maul. But I, I have a suspicion that an overwhelming majority of the audience, some of them might think it's cool, some of them might think it's not, but none of them know what's going on in that moment. I think time is going to tell on this. So if we move forward, if, you know... Looks unlikely there'll be another solo movie, yeah. but if somehow even the Boba Fett movie, say the Boba Fett movie, it expands more on Crimson Dawn and we see more Maul, or there's some more involvement, I think that could yes ease it a little bit. But just as a one-off scene, I totally agree. Well, and I thing, like what though, they did with, but nothing in Star Wars is a one-off scene. <sighs> These are one-off movies, though. I mean, that's the thing. Well, like, they're not. These are. These, these are I mean, I mean it, it, it is and it isn't. I mean, I don't know. I felt like, again, it, it's not it's a one-off movie because... Star Wars Chad loved it, right? Like, fan of, fan of Star Wars Rebels Chad loved it, but... Um, I felt like it was jarring, and 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 again, mm-hmm. for my further viewings of the movie, it'll be all out great. I love that it's there. Um, I just don't think general audiences. I, I think it's the fact that the, I've seen a million articles online explaining that moment to people and explaining why it's possible and why it's what that means means that you shouldn't. It's fine if we want a deep dive, but in order for that big of a plot point in the movie, uh, and I know it's just kind of a coda to her character, well, but, in order, but if you have to read an article to explain it, that doesn't bode well for the storytelling. Disney the doesn't care about how many articles people write explaining things. Ten years from now, that's not going to be a deep dive. Ten years from now, when there are two Star Wars theme parks that have been in operation, when we sure. have... That, however much more material has come out, right. we're, Disney is building this. They're tying it all together. It's not a one-off moment. It's part of their canon, and yeah, that has been with the comics, with the TV shows, but, with but the, the movies. But the theatrical features have their own life. But Disney, well, who is launching a streaming service soon, true, that true. will be expanding this world true. even more, is trying to make the point, no, this is all connected. You need it all. Buy it all. Buy every but, bit but of it, because it's time, all important. I would say a majority of the people who go see Marvel movies do not watch the Netflix shows and do not watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But the no. Netflix shows and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are not tied into the movies like the Star Wars galaxies are. We They're don't just know that. We don't know, we don't know what the no, Star Wars we know, is going to be. We know exactly how tied in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Netflix are to the MCU. And yep. we have already seen how much more connected all the Star Wars stuff is than any of that. But I'll use an example, though. My father has seen every Star Wars movie. He's looking forward to seeing Solo. You will not get him near the television show. He won't have any interest. He won't read any books. He won't they're read comics. Not, they're not going to make they're any just, money off your father. Well, and what training, they are. They are when he buys his ticket for They're episode nine. training the next generation sure, for sure. all of this. 
but when he goes to episode seeds. nine, he's giving them his fifteen dollars, right? Like it, it's still right, but I, nothing I, I they we, do we is going to make your dad go buy a comic or sign up for the streaming right. service or watch the but TV shows. But I think shows. we're looking too narrow. I guess I, you know, as I tell people, like if it's true, but the fact is, if geeks, if only geeks had gone to see Iron Man, there would not have been Infinity War, right? There are people who only see just the but Star Wars movies, and that's all Star Wars this, means to them. This isn't Iron Man, though. This is it, Captain no, America this is Civil Ant-Man. War. This is Ant-Man. This is, this is your audience is being trained. Sure, but I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think they... Um, again, it's fine. I don't think it ruins the movie in any way. Not for me, especially. Uh, I just think that it, it was... Um, the nature of who the character was and the imagery and, and bringing you back to the Phantom Menace, even though he's kind of everyone's favorite part of the Phantom Menace, it still felt like, I don't know, it felt like a, just a step too far to me. And it and, and again, in, in a way that doesn't bother me, but it wasn't subtle. It wasn't mm-hmm. mentioning Coronet or mentioning Bosk at an offhanded line. It wasn't anything like that. It was front and center, big reveal big music cue. They even use Duel of the Fates That's because Coronet and Bosk aren't part of already established things that can make them more money to a certain extent. And here's the thing. Disney didn't know all of the things that were going to go wrong with Solo. Um, Financially, yes. So, from Disney's perspective, from from Lucasfilm's perspective, from Kathleen Kennedy's perspective... Putting Maul in this movie ties it into a television show that, yes, is done, but at the same time, they have future plans to tie in. Everything's going to tie in. I mean, Filoni's going to be doing more. Um, yeah, but his next stuff is going to be in the Resistance era. And it's also going to be on the streaming service that they want people to buy. They yes, want yeah, Rebels I, to I, feel uh, relevant and important. And on top yep. of that, if you bring a prequel element like Darth Maul into a current movie that potentially could have been very, very well received, and I think over time it will be, well, maybe that makes the prequel seem a little less dumb over time. I think the biggest... We said it earlier. Disney's about money. Maul is money. Absolutely. No matter what, even if they don't watch Rebels or Clone Wars, remember how many toys he sold, how many T-shirts... People love that design and love that character no matter what he did. And then he and got I cut think, in half and they forgot about him. No, they didn't, though. People this is were mad back. that he got cut yeah, in half for a long time. I think time. this is that. I, I, guess, I guess here's my problem. You guys are talking about it from a money point of view, and I know they're all about making money. I don't give a shit right now. I'm talking about the movie, and I'm talking about the audience's reaction to the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and, 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 and in the art form, in the piece of art that I watched today, the piece of inter- popular entertainment that I watched today, I am the only person in the audience that understood what the hell was going on in that moment whatsoever. So and you're saying none of those people Star are going to go Wars, and watch Rebels. Star Wars should only make the theatrical movies to appease a broad audience. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that no, they sh- well, no, they have to appeal to a broad audience. Look what just happened. Uh, People fair. didn't want Solo. Which People is the didn't f- want this movie and they didn't go see it. Which is the final thing that we have to discuss here. Uh, we loved it and no one wanted it. 
Well, here's the thing. Why did no one want it? Because I saw that claim over and over and over again, and every single time I saw it, I thought, what do you mean you don't want it? Why don't you want it? What, they why, if it's a, you're, you don't want it because your assumption is it's not going to be good. Why are you assuming it's not going to be good? And if it's going to be good, why wouldn't you want it? I never understood that nobody wants a solo movie like that. I saw it over and over and over again, and I never understood. Friends of ours, friends of ours, certain, certain dork droppings, friends of ours said the same thing. He didn't want a solo movie. And, right? and I, and, and I didn't want a solo movie in the beginning. But Neither did I. But why? Because it felt like we could be doing other things with the stories. But again, I really liked the movie. Yeah. I think when they say people didn't want it, it was it was. Uh, I was talking to my friend Aaron about this earlier today, and he he brought up a good point about it. I think and we were talking about the box office. Um, people don't care about Han Solo; they care about Harrison Ford. The love of Han Solo, the love for the character of Han Solo, is ninety nine percent Harrison Ford. It's fact. Right, he is again a once in a lifetime movie star, and so I think a lot of people. And I, it's not about giving the kid a fair chance. It's not about his performance. They only care about Han Solo in the Star Wars movies because he's played by one of the greatest movie stars of all time. And so I don't think it appealed to a lot of people the idea. And, and again, I also think it was marketed very poorly. Yep. Um, and I know you guys think the Last Jedi had something to do with it. It might have, but the Last Jedi made a ton of money, right? I don't think that it was – I mean, do I like The Last Jedi? No. But I don't think that it was the quality of The Last Jedi. I think it was the timing of it that made it. I think it was the us. proximity to it. Right. Well. I think they're too we close We just had together. a Star Wars movie five months ago. Well, yep. you had a Star Wars movie five months ago that, regardless of whether you liked it or not, was a rough experience. What was it? Two, it was two and a half hours. It, it was big. A lot happened. It put you it, through it the ringer. A lot of divi- yeah, it, it, it's emotional. It caused a lot of division between, in, in the fan base, and and it was it was an experience. And so I think people were still. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I've talked to people who said, like I said, that's out already. I think Infinity War hurt Solo more than Last Jedi, though. Infinity think- War was definitely and Deadpool. Don't forget Deadpool. Yeah, I, I think Deadpool not as much, but Infinity War was a giant, huge thing with a giant repercussions and ending and this and that, and people talked about it. And then the next franchise, you know, geek movie is a smaller story, and that could hurt them. And that's something I had posted earlier on Facebook, and 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 my my last idea about why is that, and I and I said this, you know, weeks ago, I think I said about were people ready for the Star Wars version of Ant-Man, right? right. Where the stakes were going to be so much smaller than Mm -hmm. the other films because he's not going to take down the Empire. We know that. We know the lead characters are going to survive. The stakes are, do they pull off the heist? Do they get out of debt? Do they do they give the, do they give the hyperspace fuel to the rebels or sell it to the bad guys? Does Han get betrayed by his ex girlfriend? Those are such small stakes. It's what makes me the reason why when people talk about an Obi Wan movie, as much as I would love to see an a samurai movie Obi Wan pulling off a Yojimbo samurai movie on Tatooine, they're not going to do it that type of movie because it doesn't have any space battles in it. Well, and this movie that's, looked too small to people. 
that's what Star Wars is going to have to start thinking about, though. Like, if we're going to move forward, you know, are we going to keep having movies about regime change? We're just going to keep right. having trilogies right. that involve the government changing? I, I sure hope not. Yeah. I hope not. But that's what. But people expect. Yeah. Rogue One. We all loved Rogue One. Rogue One could have been a good movie without the space battle, right? The story could have been told without the space battle. Yeah. Yes. But they put that space battle in there because it's a Star Wars movie. This movie couldn't do that. This movie has such small stakes. And I again, yeah, I also don't think one thing that Rogue One had was, again, better marketing than this movie. Yeah. But yeah. two, the iconography. This movie just doesn't have the iconography that the other films do. People saw Rogue One and they saw walkers and they saw stormtroopers and they saw X-wings and battles and they go, "That looks like Star Wars to me." And they got some of them went to the movie and said, "That didn't feel like Star Wars to me." And we're going like, "Yeah, it did." But Solo doesn't look like a Star Wars movie. That shot of the the, the Star Destroyer that you know uh, that in the clouds that's super awesome, yeah. right? Uh, it's only one shot. Yeah, yeah. It goes away. There's a, a tiny little TIE fighter chase. The Empire is practically absent. The It does not look like Star Wars to people. And and it, it just didn't spark people's the, the footage. And it is a mundane-looking film in a lot of ways, right? It's just a straightforward story set in this world. We love it because we love this world. And I just don't think it caught people's imaginations. And it didn't have Harrison Ford on the cover. Uh, like, yeah. if it... Uh, and you, you know, know what? Like, I'll, I'll say this uh, about your Harrison Ford point. I think you're absolutely right. And that that is a point where the general public has to be taken into account. To me, the character of Han Solo, uh, and, well, and probably to you guys, too, isn't Harrison Ford. It's the character that we've read. And, yeah, we have Harrison Ford's face in our minds when we're reading the book. And his voice. Thing, but and his voice. It's voice. But it when it, I read when I read him in the comics, he sounds like Harrison Ford, though. But it's beyond. He is no. I'm used to movies. seeing him depicted in different ways. That's why I was down for this movie when it came. You know, because because I'm used to seeing him depicted by different artists, by different writers, even right. different voice actors on on things like cartoons and video games. I'm used to that. But when he stepped on screen in Force Awakens, that's people were like Han Solo is back, and we're going. He's never been gone. But to an overwhelming majority of the people, he has been gone. I, right? I would say Han and but, The Force Awakens, uh, or Harrison Ford and Force Awakens is just as much Han as Alden Ehrenreich in Solo. Nah. But he's not, though, because he's not well, Harrison Ford. Because he's look not Harrison happened. Ford. But if you look at it when, purely from a acting sure. standpoint... But it doesn't matter. I mean, No, it, no, it doesn't. You're right. If you remake, you know, if you remake, if you do a Top Gun prequel... You can't go into it comparing the lead kid playing Maverick to Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise is unique. Right. You know the reason no one wanted to see Shia LaBeouf take over Indiana oh Jones is one. Okay, they don't like Shia LaBeouf, but also they can't see anybody but Harrison Ford and I guess River Phoenix. But well, yeah, River fair. Phoenix that's, that's hindsight. But again, that's River high, Phoenix is, is also unique, and he pulled but, it off for fifteen minutes. <laughs> right. Even going back to A New Hope, I mean, you got to remember Harrison Ford was a stand-in when he did a lot of the auditions and stuff. Yeah. And then they realized no one else can do this. You are yes. Han Solo. Yes. That's I, what it's going to come down to. If I had the ability to traverse the multiverse, I would watch 
the version of A New Hope, or the original trilogy, with Tom Selleck as Harrison Ford. <laughs> because I think he would be far too sweet. Oh, no, wait. No, Tom, Tom Selleck was going to be Indiana Jones, not Hunter. Indiana Selleck. Jones. Yeah, no, Christopher Walken, let's say. Or, but he's still... Uh, Selleck is too sweet to be Indy, too. It, it would... I... He said, I, I had, yesterday when I had a conversation with people over for Memorial Day, they asked me, did you see the new Star Wars movie? So they were at least aware of it, and they know I'm a Star Wars fan. I said, yes. One said, what's it about? And I said, well, it's called Solo. <laughs> and they go, what's it about, though? I said, well, it's about young Han Solo. And it took, and, and to be fair, this person is, they speak English, but they're na- natively Italian. Okay. It took me a good three or four minutes to explain to them it was about Han Solo, but it didn't have Harrison Ford in it. They could not get their head around that. <laughs> well, it just did not make sense to them. And again, we have to go back to the example I always use, that I work with people who think that Gotham, uh, Batman, Batman Returns, and Dark Knight Rises are all the same continuity. Look, you give Gotham another season, and that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and the thing is, all of that is fine, but when you're putting out a movie in theaters that costs $300 million plus advertising... You need those people that were at my at my table. You need them to go see that movie. Well, here's the thing. You know, and Disney, they just weren't interested. Do you think they didn't leave my table wanting to see it? By the way, do you think Disney looked at it and said, "We spent way more than we planned. This is yes. not going to earn us what we want." So let's it's still be under right. it's, it's still underperformed from what they thought they were going to get. Oh, did it, it? did worse? It did worse than oh, the yeah. projections. Yeah. This movie's going to be lucky to, lucky to, what, crack $400 million maybe? Total? I mean, it, it bombed overseas. I mean, China, yeah, but... Well, Star China Wars doesn't, doesn't like China. Star Wars. No, but, like, it, it, it's... I, I, I just think that people's... Our, how were our interests peaked? We saw the trailers, and we saw little moments of Han and Chewie, and we saw, you know, there's going to be Kessel Run and a lot. That means nothing to most people. Right. And most people are who you need to buy tickets. Well, right, it's one of my problems, and I'll get into it one second. One of my problems with Infinity War is that it is the first of the Marvel films that a hundred percent does not stand on its own two feet. Well, look at what we've talked about tonight. We have talked probably what eighty percent about the EU nods and yeah, about the, the universe we love. Yep, the, the stuff that makes us giddy. We all we were yep. giddy at seeing Darth Maul. You know, like you said, a mention of Bosk makes me smile. They don't, that doesn't mean shit to most people, and and if the the and if the imagery of the film doesn't get the but what they saw in Rogue One was walkers and X wings right, right. and things that they know, and yeah, everyone knows the Falcon. But do you fair, think doesn't even look like a, the Falcon? We've got to land this like thing. We've got to land yeah. this thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you think Chad? Yes. Could you have cut a trailer from the from the movie that we got? That right. would have caught the public side more than what we saw. No, I just don't think the images are there to get the general populace excited. Like, it, 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 it again, it, they excited me, but there, you know, I have friends who are filmmakers who only who who consider themselves Star Wars fans, but they only see the movies, you know? And and the ones who are seeing Solo, by the way, are enjoying it. I, I have yet to run into anybody who hated this movie, right? I have yet to talk to anybody who hated this movie. People are either middling to us who really liked it, right? Yeah. And um, so it's not that the people are seeing it or not liking it. People just aren't seeing it. And I just don't think the combination of the advertising 
in the in in, in being I think fairly poor the the reputation of the production of the film and the fact that here's an unknown lead well, playing a character replacing a legendary actor. If we're talking about the general public, uh, they don't know about the production of the film. Let's be honest. They they don't know about more of them that. know about that than know about Bosk. Because mm, it was I, I don't news. know that I. It was but, front page ESPN. It was reported on or, uh, IMDb. It was reported on CNN when they fired Lord Miller. Like, entertainment news is news. And so, yeah, and I, I can't I can't speak for the general public anyway. So I, I yeah, but, Lord, I mean that stuff is public. I just I just think first I just I think that did nobody want this? Of course not. We you know again we didn't, but then we did. But I just think that people. And I know you guys don't let me. People right now, what the public cares about is they want to know what's going to happen to Ray, right? They want to, you know, if they're still watching, if they're watching Star Wars movies, they care about what's happening to Ray. They care about, you know, BB-8 and is Kylo Ren going to turn back to the to the good right, side? Right, right. That, that's Star. That's Star Wars to them. Yeah. Well, this and that's is, a good point. This is the danger of. The intermediate movies. Did people watch the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles? Yeah, which is not which is hit. why I'm ready for the saga to be done, so we can move forward. And yeah, if, Kylo, and if Kylo Ren does turn back to the light side, I hope Luke's Force Ghost pushes him off a mountain. I am, I am looking for that. In the same time, I'm worried about it because I think what's you know that is Star Wars to people. Like is the Sith and the Skywalkers to, to again to the general audience, and again I keep pushing this general audience thing, and I don't mean it to appease people. I just mean that these movies don't continue if those people don't go see them. Right. Um, I think Ant Man and Wasp is going to also inform Disney a lot how things move forward from here, because Ant Man and Wasp very well could be the exact same thing yeah. where people are midway through this Infinity story and then all of a sudden this smaller movie comes out and they just don't go. Yeah. Well, I, again, I was actually underwhelmed by the new trailer, but yeah. Again, I see, I, I, I'm excited for it, but it's because I want a nice little palate cleanser after Infinity War. And you and I didn't react the same to Infinity War, so... Uh, yeah. No, it, it is. It's just, I, again, I just... You know... But I, we can't get into that. We've got to give our final yeah. thoughts on sure. Solo. Uh, sure. Ryan, final thought on Solo. I I ended up liking it way more than I thought I was going to. Um, I definitely want to see it again. I hate that it's not doing as well because I worry that future saga movies or whatever they're calling them may get kind of pushed back. You know, maybe we can get Boba Fett canceled. That would be great. We can concentrate on something else. But overall, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I dug it. Um, I, I look forward to seeing it again. I look forward to owning it. I look forward to seeing mm-hmm. more about the production. Uh, but my my one final thought is: Holy shit, Darth Maul doesn't have a penis. Chad, what's your final um, thought? Uh, I I am also disappointed in the box office because it mean I I fear what it means for the Star Wars stories in general, uh. um, which so far have been my favorites. Um, and you guys are just going to agree with this. I think this might actually be. On a technical level, the least, the, the worst of the four Disney movies. Just um, hold on a second. But <laughs> it will be the one that I watched the most for the rest of my life. 
um, you know, like it, it will be the one that because just because I don't think the script is, the script is particularly inspired. I don't think the performances are particularly fantastic, right? Um, I don't think the action is superb, anything like that. But it will be the one that I will put on to hang out with friends. It will be the one that I that that is the best the the to me the best hangout Star Wars movie maybe ever made. Um, uh, I just worry. And the last thing I'll say is, if the Calrissian Chronicles is not on that new Disney app, I'll be very upset because <laughs> I want the Calrissian Chronicles so bad. And please, Disney, I know this didn't do well, but give Ryan Coogler a Lando movie. That would be he, awesome. He just made you a gajillion dollars with Black Panther. He, him, and Donald Glover have worked together before. Donald Glover worked on Black Panther some. Give because in Black Panther in that movie, Wakanda is a Star Wars planet. He proved he could do it. Give Ryan Coogler a Lando movie, and that'll make me very happy. I, I Lando is going to have to have a very carefully selected supporting cast, though, because two hours of Lando would be too much. Sure, it just depends on how you. Uh, he's he's got to have the right people to play off of. I think. Let's get Chevy oh. Chase in there. That'll work. That'll work. Every, Joe McHale. Jedi Knight. Chevy Chase are, be, are absolutely, yes, they, they're best friends whatsoever. Chevy in no way threw around racist terms on the no, community. Not at all. Not ever. Not, not, all. not ever. Well, not he'll ever. come back. They always come back. Roseanne yeah. even. Roseanne will not be back. She will. She will. I predict it now. Her show won't be back. Um, I, Fox will pick it up. It'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be a Fox News special. Um, yeah. All right, guys. All right. Thank you for. But yeah, no, uh, I, li- I like the movie. I like the movie. Yeah, we all dug the movie. That's what matters yep. to us, anyway. Uh, as far yep. as going forward, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, Disney's realistic about the situation and about uh, Solo's potential, and uh, stays the course with whatever their plans were. Because I, I don't I, want to see another movie with these guys, though. That's the problem. <laughs> they were not going to get it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know though. I, I well, we're done. We're done. Yep. We have yep. to stop now so we don't have a six. We don't have a a. a uh, we've already exceeded the runtime of the movie, so we don't want. <laughs> we to have a date. We yeah. have a date. But another five minutes, I think we'll get the last Jedi length. So, um, all right, cool. Thank you guys for coming on and talking about Solo. Yeah, twist my arm and talk about Star Wars for two hours. And we'll we'll be back in uh, roughly sixteen months. We will. We will. <laughs> and this about. summer, I still think we should do a commentary on the Ewok movies. Just saying. Well, d- dude, you can't have it all. It's got to be Ewok movies or Rocky Four. I don't know which okay, one I'll you think, want. I'll think about it. Figure right. it I'll out. Be, I'll be home. I'm going to be home in like three or four weeks. So. All right. We'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. All right, guys. Later, guys. Thank you. Right, bye. It's so weird to me to be having these conversations uh, that I've been having with Chad and Ryan for decades now about Star Wars, except we're talking about current Star Wars that exists now. Uh, and yeah, I know we had the prequels, and, and obviously we discussed those a lot, but but we have had, up until now, we have had more years without Star Wars than we have had with Star Wars, or new Star Wars, anyway. Uh... And, and it's really, it's wild to be getting together with the frequency that we do to, to analyze the new thing. 
Uh, and I don't want to disregard uh, Clone Wars or Rebels, but you know, I'll be honest. For for us anyway, they don't engender as much conversation as a new film does, uh, or as a new toy line, apparently. So there you go. Uh, anyway, thanks for hanging out and listening to us talk about this movie. That the more I think about it, the more I like it. Uh, the more I, the more I do. I say love. Do I love it? I don't think I can love it yet. Uh, it's going to take a couple years, and and seeing how many times I rewatch it in those years before I know if I love it. But I really, really dig it. I'm very, very happy with it right now, and it's motivating me to collect a toy line that I had said I was not going to collect. So there you go. Infus Nest, Swoop Bike, 6-inch Black Series. It's up on Amazon right now for pre-order. And I pre-ordered it, even though I don't have anywhere to put a freaking 6-inch Swoop Bike. And in just a few months, I'm going to have to find somewhere to put a 4-foot sail barge. Maybe I just need to stop with the Star Wars. Am I? Do I stop? Am I done? Should I sell all this stuff? Probably. But I'm not going to. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.